has been a week, gentlemen. Has it? A solid week. Definitely has for me. Yep. Damn. I've worked exactly one day since we last spoke. Wow. <laughs> feels feels pretty good. <laughs> That's right. I forgot you were taking your little vacation, huh? Uh, well, this was just some leave. Oh, okay. On a set of orders, I was on my vacation vacations at the end of this month. Right, which, right. Uh, for the audience concerned, we're probably going to have to skip a week that week. We may like book in the episodes. I don't know yet. That's that's to be determined because I won't be around. But this week, I worked one solid day, which means I played a lot of games, but not really. (laughs) You played a lot of something. Yeah. Yeah, No plural there. There is no plural. I mean, (laughs) not even like, not even like was in the tub and brought my DS or was on the road and brought my DS or, ah, let's try this Steam game that I bought on sale. No. No. I've seen you. I've, I've had my heart captured by a phantom thief again. So there I sit. Damn. Inside. Uh, hello everyone and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Man, boys, let's get straight to anything besides the week and the topic first. Uh, well, actually, it's from last week. From either one of you, I don't think there were any. Nope. Might have been another case of I, th- I thought of stuff either during or after and didn't write it down. So, <laughs> But... I'm going to just go ahead and say no. Everything was perfect as always. Uh, newsworthy? I don't know. I actually haven't f- been following much news stuff. I actually heard uh, I heard one, right one thing that might be newsworthy. Apparently, the city of Chicago has a entertainment tax. And what? This week, or in the coming week, only the PlayStation 4 store is going to begin enforcing it. It's not going to ha- wow. not going to happen for Steam, it's not going to happen for Xbox. Apparently the city of Chicago worked something out with PlayStation to get a huh. 10% tax put on anything you buy on the PlayStation store. Hmm. So that's an extra you just tack 5 or 6 bucks onto your game. Yeah, no thanks, I'm good. Apparently they're not the only people that have done that, too. They've been trying to push this whole internet sales tax thing for a while. Hmm. And um, the source I was uh, looking at described it as a couple of different states and, you know, the city of New York also does something similar. So if anybody out there has experience with that, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to. I'd definitely like to discuss that because I, I tell you now, internet sales tax, game sales tax, entertainment tax, sounds silly. But if you had told me a decade ago, hey, you know they're gonna they're gonna that internet you have that high speed quote unquote high speed internet that you have back in two thousand eight, and they're gonna put a cap on it. Oh, you don't know what a cap means. Well, basically they're gonna tell you that there's a there's only a certain amount of data you're gonna allow to be. Uh, allowed to download and upload uh, a month. Get ready, kid. Thought you were, I would have thought you were crazy. Why? That makes absolutely 
no sense. If you had told me now, 20 years ago in 1998 that you could download games and play them over the internet, <laughs> oh God. I would have been like, this, you're fucking high. This is good. This is good discussion. Well, right I don't want to hear that horrible noise right before I play a game every time. That would be... So I will... I will fully admit right now, gentlemen, I had this discussion. I don't know if me and Adam had this or if it was me and some... I'm, I'm sure you and I have talked about this at some point because, God, we talked about everything under the sun game-related. But I remember having a discussion with somebody years and years ago when the whole streaming video game nonsense was coming about. And at first, I was very against all this. Like, having... Even the DLC, like if you wanted changes, well, I wouldn't say changes, anything that was fixed, that was like a fix or a patch or whatnot, I understand that. But the idea of having all of your game, all of your DLC, etc. downloaded to your computer, I I was not for that at all. That was the small end. Take something, download it from the internet, put it on your whatever to have. I wasn't cool with that. And then it was, hey, yeah, you just don't even have the game at all. You just click a button and it streams the game to you. I got to tell you, on that front, I'm still not 100% down with that. Uh, That idea does not sit with me very well. Now, I like DLC. I like patches. I like the ability to have things quickly downloaded. I mean, my PlayStation 4 alone shows all the crap. that it, it, It just does it on its own. But, oh man, I feel like this is almost an episode itself, you know, physical media versus streaming media. I guess I'm just old-fashioned, but I still like the idea, now and again, of having physical media. Even though my entire Steam library is <laughs> straight digital. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, think, I think the difference is... If you download a game, and this goes for consoles as well, the new ones that anyone that will let you do it, if you download a game to your console, you're basically downloading it to a hard drive, and it's there forever, unless your drive dies. And even then, you usually have a key where you can get it again. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the idea of going, of just having basically just a cable, and it's... You just have it streaming. Like you, you don't have something to click. You don't have something to own. You don't have something to. You don't. You can't touch the games on Steam. They're just on your computer. So it's it's not even that. Just, I, I mean, I don't the, know, the, the good side of it is that it's ultra convenient. You know what I mean? It the yeah. convenience has defeated uh, nostalgia, I guess, because there was something magical about you know getting a new game and you rip the cellophane off of it and. You open up the instruction booklet, you know, you're sitting in the back of your mom's car while she drives you home from the mall and you're, you're all going through the, the instruction booklet like, oh man, look at all this. And you got really cool, unique art, you know, mm-hmm. now, now that's paid content. You want extra stuff like that? <laughs> you know, I, I know uh, one of my friends ended up getting Witcher 3 collector's edition, the one with the freaking statue. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And yeah, that came with a bunch of stuff, a huge box. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I just, I, part of me longs for that, you know, the, 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 the tangible part of gaming where, yeah. you know, yeah. we had, 
uh, instruction booklets, and you could have you could walk up and see your your entire library sitting on a bookshelf or something like that. You know. Yeah. Oh man, it was always fun you know, also, having them organized, and then you'd get a new game, and you have to redo the whole damn thing. Right. the The physical media side part aside, I also I think it's also it's a fear of mine because I've done zero homework on. Let's say, let, let's use a game that that we know is going to be coming out soon. Let's say Devil May Cry Five. So I buy Devil May Cry Five. I own it. I don't own a physical copy. I don't own it on Steam. I own like a streaming coupon for it. it. Just says I have access to this game. You can access and play this game whenever you want. All right, so, what is the download requirement to play this game at you know whatever you know whatever you whatever you as a gamer are looking for? If you're that great gamer that's looking for sixty frames per second, etc. 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 And this game is I'd say Devil May Cry Five looks good, but I don't think that's it's it's approaching like realistic levels. Of, we're not talking God of War PlayStation Four here graphics, but it's new gen, it's current gen as of this episode anyway. And if you're trying to get that that as detailed graphics as you can, what is the internet requirement for you? Like, how many what, are we talking megs? per minute per hour are we talking gigs and the moment that you start talking gigs to me re- almost regardless of what frame of what time frame we're talking about i'm saying well now i can't do it because i have a data cap and i don't want to pay an extra two three hundred dollars a month to play games you know yeah. <sighs> well i mean I, it, you also another another point on this is uh Take a game such as uh, one of the ones I play, War Thunder. Mm-hmm. Everything about that game is digital. Yeah. And the only way I have to prove that I've paid for content or that I have uh, any kind of ownership over this purely digital um, you know, game is a you know, a username and a password. Right. And, you know, right. I, of course I have, you know, the lock on it and, you know, uh, whatever it's called, uh, not activator. Uh, I can't remember. Just basically a little digital thing on your phone to verify, you know, the account. Um, mm-hmm. But if someone was to manage to get a hold of my information and, you know, destroy my account or yeah, get out. it banned mm-hmm. or whatever, I'm out, you know, however many you know, hundred dollars I've spent on the game. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you know, there's a, there's an added level of disconnect. Yeah. That kind of occurs whenever you have a purely digital game like this. If somebody was to just delete your PSN account, what all would you lose? If somebody was to delete your Xbox live account, what all would your steam account? Yeah, you know, oh, that'd be miserable. Somebody gets a hold of one of those things, it's over with. Yep. <clears throat> and yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel there are times, and I mean, Chris, by all means, ch- ch- chime in on any of this, but I, f- <laughs> I feel like there are times where I look at, hey, what would it be like? I think it would almost be like a hybrid situation to start out with. I don't think any 
I don't think any console is going to come out and try to do this right off the bat. Isn't that is, isn't that what the Steam Box was supposed to do? The Steam Box was basically a streaming gaming service, and that if if it is, that no. fucker tanked. Wasn't that the original no, idea for no. the Xbox One? No, mm. they the Xbox One had the sharing thing, but. You also had always online was required and stuff, and that's what everybody complained about was always online. Yeah, I couldn't remember um, what it was. PlayStation it. has their their service. They're the one that, at least others may have it, but PlayStation is the one I really know about lately because I've been looking at it a little bit. It's like mm-hmm. PS Now or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and it's supposed to be streaming. Uh, but I am really curious, you know, like Mike was saying about what the footprint of it is because to play the game at any sort of quality, you're going to have to download data locally. So they call it streaming, but is it really download part of the game before you play it and have, you know, other parts of the game downloading as you're playing through. So when you get to that part, it just, you know, loads up that part and then removes the old part. So you're constantly with like a 10 gig footprint or something on whatever device. this is a side topic. I I want I want to put a curb on the because uh, I think this is an entire topic right here. I think physical media. I'm, in fact, it might be in our topics list. I have to go look at it. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> this is something. This is something that really bugs me right here. I've I've thought about this for years now, and I'm slowly seeing it creep in. And every time I see a news article, uh, just using the data cap as an example, mm-hmm. it. The internet used to be, I mean, yeah, okay, if we're being super realistic, maybe back in the very early to mid-90s, yeah, the internet was basically a Wild West. You, I mean, I, I remember going to, like, MSN chat, you know, and it was just the idea of, of chatting with people around the country, nay, around the world, with... Everything outside and around that, I knew not. I didn't know it about and didn't care about. I don't, I'm pretty sure YouTube wasn't invented at that time. I don't even know if there were places for me to watch videos. There's no Facebook, no MySpace, no Amazon, no eBay. I, I get that the more the internet has grown mm-hmm. and the more that the internet has become a a center point in our lives, I get that that because it's important that we we all need it. But I've known that the more that we need this, the more and more the, the fucking commodification of all this. That's my word. I don't even know if that's a real world word. But the commercialization that the companies are out there right now and probably have been for years going, OK, how can we just get as much fucking money on this as we can? Oh, yeah. I feel like the data cap to me, honestly, I, I want fellow technicians out there. I want actual I'd, I'd like for Cable One, AT&T, whatever, people that were part of this process to email us and discuss this shit to make this make sense. When you tell me that I I have, I went from 56K to a DSL slash cable modem with, for me, good enough speeds, 12 gigabytes, whatever, uh, or 12 megabytes, 50 megabytes of fucking blazing speeds of 100, whatever. That's awesome. And then you tell me, but wait, but wait. There's basically only so much that you're going to be allowed to do a month given what you paid me. That reeks of commercialization, and I fucking hate it. And the more and more I watch the news on the Internet side, 
I see more and more things like what Adam was talking about with the with the with the entertainment tax. Well, how else can we milk this, guys? Everybody uses Facebook. Everybody uses Face uh, uh, YouTube. Everybody uses. There, there's so many platforms out there that people just they click and touch and click, and it's there's free apps and there's how how is there a way that we can that we can tax somebody for using their clock app on their on their cell phone because everybody has one. And everybody uses one, and we need to get. Why are we making money off of this? I can't. I can't wait until the day where your PC has a quarter slot on the side, so you can yeah. put in your fifty cents to make your Facebook post. You joke, but that that's that's that that is a broad over exaggeration of what I know is coming. Like they're gonna find a way. They're finding ways to get inside your internet, your computer situation, and piece by piece make as much money as you can this is what i understood the uh what was that big movement guys uh a year or so ago maybe even this year where no neutrality yes so i didn't know a lot about that and i'm uh, please write in and correct me and let me know all the 100 percent facts that you know about this audience because i'd love to know more i got scared about what i was reading and backed the fuck away from it it seemed like the idea was Hey, we can charge people so much to use Facebook and 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 YouTube and this and that. And like you basically go places we could charge you piece by piece or we can run the internet. This is the big takeaway that I understood. We will run the internet kind of like how cable cable runs theirs or satellite. You just pay for a chunk and this chunk will let you access these various websites and these various playgrounds. Fuck. Yeah, that man, was that was one please. side of the argument. Yeah, yeah I mean, and then there were yeah, there was the side that said, "Okay, well, if we don't do this one thing, then they could theoretically do what you were talking about. And then there was yeah. the other side that said, well, we just don't want the FCC regulating the internet. And yeah. I, yeah, I don't the, know if there's a happy medium. What the gist uh, of yeah. it was, was the priority data. You know, Facebook got priority over YouTube for this yeah. provider. Um, yeah. And that was that was the core of it. And then any basically if I'm remembering correctly, anything beyond that was, you know, the consequences people foresaw, you know, thinking, yeah, oh, it was well, all they prioritize, well, now they're going to change prices and start charging for using sites or, you know, being able to use YouTube or something like that. That's high bandwidth. You want to use YouTube? Yeah. Well, you're going to get slow speeds unless you pay us. Well, yep. that wasn't outright said. That's just a fear people had. So, right. And absolutely agree, you know, it's, <laughs> it shouldn't be a thing. I'm on, I'm clearly on board with that, but the fear mongering kind of needs to step back. You know, yeah. you had one group of people on, on one side saying, you know, that stuff about, okay, well, they're going to uh, start charging you if you go to YouTube, but you're on this internet provider or whatever, or slowing your bandwidth down to nothing. And then you had the other people on the other side say, well, the FCC is going to step in and do exactly what uh they did with television and like okay well now you can't go to Pornhub if you're in this region because they have control <laughs> of this and yeah it was it was it turned yeah, political yeah. and then it got toxic real yeah, fast yeah <clears throat> i i think i i can see both sides i can see i don't want that much hammer down fist you know but at the same time i don't want uh, 
I, I, it's so fucking nice using the internet when I can just, oh shit, let me just, I could just click and I'm, I'm mouse clicks away from doing so much as a convenience mm-hmm. to life, as an intelligence seeker in life, as a entertainment seeker in life. There's just so much to offer in the internet. And when these slow black tendrils start wrapping their way around, and at the end of the tendrils, it's up, man, I, wh- how much money can I get out of you? That, it just, it aggravates me. It ruins it. It ruined the fucking movie industry. It's still ruining the movie industry. And slowly but surely, it's, it's working its way into the gaming industry as well. Yeah. Just how much money can we just suck out of this <laughs> and one day uh, you're gonna be telling your grandkids you're gonna be your grandkids sitting on your knee and you're gonna listen here sonny i remember back when you could go on whatever website you wanted to this has been a story yeah. from grandpa brought to you by campbell soup the best <laughs> the, the, soup the, in the I, world okay so so when i was in school when i didn't have cable and not so then I upgrade my parents upgraded to cable, but they didn't get the kind of cable that had HBO and Cinemax and Showtime and hearing all the people around you being like, oh, yeah, there's this new TV show on the, the, these other channels that you don't have access to. I was like, oh, man, that's what our kids are going to be like for the Internet. Oh, you may you can your dad can have, your dad your can go on YouTube. YouTube? What? Dude, man, I've heard what's I've heard of Facebook, but hell no, my dad doesn't make that kind of my dad doesn't make, make that Facebook kind of money. money. Oh you got that God. Facebook money? No, it'd be rap songs coming about. I got that Facebook money. Sega my internet got dads. all the websites. Sega Channel dads <laughs> to YouTube dads. Oh God, yeah, get wrecked, son. Uh, I, I want y'all to imagine something right now, okay? Okay. Think about our listeners. Consider that it's the year 2018. How many of our listeners never experienced the time before YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. True. Wow. True. <laughs> that, I feel fucking old age. now. Thanks. Yeah. No no doubt, man. That is, I was, I was just talking to some coworkers either, well, it was yesterday. It was one of the day I was at work this week. <laughs> but, Get wrecked. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. It was like it, we weren't. It wasn't a conversation that led into the gaming. I don't know how we even got into it. But one of my, uh, one of my basically my trainees was like, "Oh yeah, uh, like uh, my my very first console was an N sixty four. I was like, "Oh man, oh man, that's that's third, fourth. That's, that's it was like a couple generation. generations old by the time I got that's, it. That's that's fifth generation console right there. And the other guy was like, "Yeah, I'd heard about Super Nintendos, but yeah, sixty four <laughs> was my first. And I was like, "Oh," he's like, "What about you?" And I was like, "Man, honestly, Atari." 26 they're like there's no way you're that old i'm like motherfucker <laughs> i am not that old the, i was the said every atari old person like ever man look the atari <laughs> came out in fucking what was it chris 82 i think we found oh, out cool. or actually that might have been you adam i don't remember that's fucking uh, old sometime in sometime in the mid to early yeah. 80s the atari 2600 came out and you- when i got one i was Man, I was like 87, 88 when I got a, a 2600. And also, when I had the Atari, I was still in that real young kid phase where like, I still went out and did shit and then came in and played Atari now and again. Uh, you were playing when Missile Command my- on that thing at MIT, weren't you? Sure. Back in the sixties. No, no, no. I was not on the <laughs> first generation of consoles, the Pongs and all that shit. No, no. 
But when I got my Nintendo Entertainment System, that's when the brakes came off. That was mm-hmm. when I was like, this, I mean, come on, my first fucking Nintendo had seven games with it. One of my first RPGs was Final Fantasy. I think Final Fantasy was the dive for me. I mean, I really I really enjoyed playing like Double Dragon 2 and uh, Mega Man 4 and all the games that I got with my 10. But the, the day that I got Final Fantasy, I was like, yep, yeah, this is it. If you're this, not this old enough to remember the telltale sign of whether or not somebody had Nintendo being that orange gun being laying around somewhere <laughs> close yeah. to the TV. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing I checked for as a kid. Go over to somebody's so, house and be like, you have a Nintendo. And they'd be like, yes, I do. Here you go. And I'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, yes, because I'm the fuck out of their hair for the rest of the day. So that was my I realize I'm getting older moment is that my I tell people my first console was Nintendo, but it really was an Atari. And they were like, oh, well, I mean, even when I had the 64, that was kind of a fam. Oh, my God. That was like our family console. We had that and like Mario Kart and GoldenEye, and it was just when my friends came over and all that. Now, when I got my PlayStation 2, oh, I was all in. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so the PlayStation 2 was your first console. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was, oh. <laughs> Uh yeah. Feels bad, it's realization. man. Feels bad. It's realization. They joined in the in the CD generation. It's on. To tell you the truth, Adam, the only reason why it's bad is it. I, I can. Me and you have went through this. I went back and tried to play The Witcher One and just could not do it. Now you, you didn't grow up with The Witcher. I'm not saying that, but. That was at a you either liked the Witcher franchise enough to play that game, or you started with that one and you liked it. But when I played Witcher three and then tried to go back to Witcher one, I just couldn't do it. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, so what I'm what I'm hearing from those people is that they can't go back and play 64 games because they're old. They can't go back and play PlayStation games because they're old. They're going to pop in they're going to pop in Siphon Filter and go uh uh mm, no, they're going to pop in Metal Gear Solid and go oh, it's just blocky and uh, I just I just can't do it. The graphics are so old. I'm like, "Stop." Yeah, I can go back that, that's and play one of Final things. Fantasy 6 right now and be blown away. One of those things, if you look Final at Final Fantasy, Fantasy 7, it is fucking atrociously badly yes. fucking I mean it is it is horrible even and mm. the, it was such a mixed bag of like quality too because you had like the the standard quality where everything was just giant fucking triangles and then you had like this medium blend like uh the cutscene where cloud like falls into the the live stream spoilers he falls in the fucking live stream um, <gasps> you bastard so uh also Aris does uh, <gasps> Damn, dude. <laughs> um, Semi-topical. I'll let that slide, but you watch that shit. But, uh, yeah, you remember how that was like a buffed up version of the normal graphics? Yeah. And then they yeah. had like the movie quality one where everybody was like fucking proportionate. Yeah. Yep. What the yeah. fuck were they doing? I they were just high like while they were making that the- game, man. <laughs> There's like a middle ground here that we're never going to actually know and we'll, I don't think we'll ever be able to like put numbers to and actually put math around. But I feel like it, it, it tears me to pieces that if I can find an average, and again, I have no quantif- quantification for an average gamer, but an average RPG 
lover that's never played those games. Like, yeah, I started with the PlayStation 3. It's like, all right, I got this RPG back on the PlayStation 1 called Final Fantasy. Oh, I've heard of that. And then report back two days later. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm real sorry, man. I tried. I gave it like three or four hours and the the blockiness and the 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 battle the 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 battle mechanics and the just clicking the everything's attack. just so to, dated man i had to click attack to make the thing happen and there was a wait period between i'm like just please stop just stop i mean you you have to understand and i think i've said this before either on the cast or to you but um you have to understand that playstation one is to current gen what the atari was to the super nintendo yeah and when you look at like 2d graphics and like the red square versus the fucking blue square on the screen and that's supposed to be a tank battle Mm -hmm. okay that's that's what the playstation one was to 3d (laughs) when you look at today and it's like oh well i kind of see what you're saying i could play atari games okay i could pretend that that red square meant fucking something Mm -hmm. i I was that guy i would you know But kids today, fuck no. Go outside and play with their toys before they let's, do that uh, shit. Let's take this geriatric old man bus that you two are on because, you know, I'm the young man of the group. And let's steer it, let's steer it <laughs> somewhere else. Who? Um, it's, Who? It's really tearing my heart. Because, again, okay, so if, if I'm making that. Yeah. If I'm, if Back I'm in. saying that. Uh, <laughs> if I'm saying that about Final Fantasy VII, ratchet it up and find somebody who likes RPGs a little better and tell them to go back and play Final Fantasy VI. Nah, man, I'm sorry. I really tried, but those those graphics are, like, so old. Well, see, the thing sprite. is, is that Final Fantasy VI was cool, 2D. Final Fantasy VI was 2D, and it was at the, like, the zenith of 2D yes. graphics. Okay, so that's acceptable. That game ages well. But... Compared do to Final Fantasy VII, does not. Do you? This is something that we would. I would love to do. I'd love to if I had the time and effort to do a some kind of scientific study. Hell, a fucking poll would do it. But you know, All what would you rather would go back and play, that. Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VI? Just based on the the graphics, the music, all that. I I I really hope Adam and Chris as well. I really hope and pray that there are good enough gamers out there, or better yet, the game itself is so good, because fuck you, it is that good, that people can go, man, it, it, okay, so it was on a Super Nintendo, so what? The graphics are still good, the music's still good, the story's, that game holds up, and not that, man, that game is just so old, I tried, it's just, oh, just, ow! I mean, okay, hey, do you think, you think Chrono Trigger looks dated? Uh, no, it's I, a Kira Toriyama art. I don't, but I'm <laughs> okay. saying I don't know, and I don't have a good enough gauge of the audience. I don't of, of not only our audience, but just in I don't work around a, a lot of. You've lost right touch now. with the younger generation, is what you're saying. So to you're speak, like you kids, job, this isn't music. So <laughs> Turn it my down. Military, my military job. I don't really have a lot of turnover, so I pretty much work around the same people. And most of the people I work around are okay. They're either around my age, or if they're younger, they don't play games. Now, when I worked in my civilian job, my restaurant job, we had a well, not because we had one as bad. It's just this is the nature of the beast. We had a turnover, and it was always young kids. And every other kid there played games of some sort. And Back when I did work there, granted, this is like a, I haven't been in this restaurant for like a year. I heard the typical stuff. I heard the PUBGs. You know, I heard the Call of Duties. I heard that. 
I it's very rare to find an Adam or a Chris or a Michael where they're like, yeah, let's let's you know let's fucking talk about Front Mission for a minute. Let's talk about the the the, the reasons why Chrono Cross was so worse than Chrono Trigger, etc. etc. It's normally like, uh, well, I, I played Fortnite and I got you know I got to build some dicks, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, in a sense, yes, I have lost touch, but. And that scares me, not because I, I don't care if I can't associate with a younger crowd. Hey, kids, you play games? Cool. What the fuck ever? Cool. Awesome. What I wonder is, how 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 far back would you be willing to go? You know? And to our audience out there listening to this episode, if you are in your, as of this recording, if, if you're in your 20s, let's say, you know, let's say 18 to 25, how far back do you think you would be willing to go? Like, what generation do you think is like, yeah, nah, nah. I'll tell you right now, guys, and I'd like you guys to give me a quick answer as well. I find that even though I started this whole lifestyle with the with the Atari 2600, I find it kind of hard to go back to that. I mean, I can go back to my Nintendo guys all the time. I do it. I do it yearly. But going one more generation back, you know, trying those 2600 games or ColecoVision or whatever, I just, eh, that's kind of where I stop. So I wonder, you know, around their 20s, I wonder how far back you guys would be willing to go. What about you, Adam? What, what Where do you think you kind of draw the line? Okay, well, let me let me clarify my reference first, because I told you that the, the PlayStation is to current gen, the PlayStation 1 is to current gen what the uh and n64 as well because playstation 1 and n64 were around the same time um Mm -hmm. the atari is in a little bit of a different situation when it comes to something like the snes because the atari was the infancy of video gaming yeah okay and things to understand about atari games they couldn't get a whole lot of story in there yeah. Okay. The plots were, they were, they looked at games as being a parlor trick kind of thing. You know, you pop in a quarter and you fucking get entertained for 30 seconds to five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and the home console was basically just a reiteration of that or completely and utterly experimental. So there's a lot of really shit Atari games out there. Yeah. Like utterly unplayable dog shit Atari games. And even the ones that weren't really trying to be just basic. Uh, I want to say, I've, uh, if you go back and uh, you ever heard of the Angry Nintendo Nerd? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you go back and watch his breakdown of some Atari games, like, uh, um, say, Indiana Jones. You could kind of see that they were trying to make a real game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They had puzzles and they had little hidden secrets, but they just didn't have the toolkit to do it. Yeah. You know, it was they it was an impossible task. So yeah, there was a clear jump in technology when it goes from the Atari. So I mean, I, I feel what you're saying. I could get down on some Galaga right the fuck now. Because I don't need a story. I don't need uh you know, I could play Donkey Kong right now. Really, uh, I could not play that tank <laughs> combat game. That's a waste of my time. <laughs> okay, See, I could I, not I play. Like... Uh, you know, there's a lot of games that I couldn't play. And if you go up one generation to the Atari seventy two hundred, 
You've got things like, uh, I want to say it's Pole Position is what it was called. Yeah. Uh, but they were like little racing games and stuff like that. They weren't terrible. I could get down on that for a little while. I wouldn't crack out mm-hmm. on it all day. But I could yeah. crack out on Donkey Kong for a good long while. And I could crack out on Galaga for a whole day. Yeah, so there, just, there are a couple titles on the Atari. What I about say you, Chris? So, kind of similar to what Adam's saying, you know, there are... I, I wouldn't say I have a firm cutoff. It entirely depends on the game. Um, yeah. Because if it's a 2D game, I probably don't have an issue. I mean, period. Um, 3D... That's where it gets rough, you know, certain 64 mm-hmm. games. Uh, well, I say certain, most 64 games uh, don't yeah. age very well. Yeah. Uh, that takes some uh, being okay with the play. But sure, most of the Super Nintendo library, okay. <laughs> Anything sprite-based, okay. <coughs> Sorry about the cough. Uh, I, th- I think because I realize that's a very general question I ask. We're talking, we're in what, the eighth generation? If not, I think we're in the ninth generation by now. So I get trying to lump every generation and and ask where is your cutoff. I think that's very unfair. Very, very unfair, especially when the later you know, like the second generation of video gaming was the 76,000 types of those game systems that were around, you know, because the market got flooded. I, I, I think where mentally I'm drawing my line is that, okay, I've played a shit ton of Nintendo games, whether it was for five, ten minutes and said, nope, I just don't like this, or it's too fucking hard, or I've 100% completed them. I've played a lot of Nintendo games. Okay. Uh, I- there's, what, what Chris, like 26,000 fucking Nintendo games out there? I haven't played them all. I have not. But if I was to sit down right now and say, okay... I'm just going to start going through the Nintendo library and just start dinging them out. Fucking bring it on Fester's Quest. Bring it on uh, these weird, obscure games that nobody's really played or cared about. If I was to... I have never thought to do that for the Atari. I've never... Any Atari says any of those second generation consoles. I've never been like, hey, let, let me bust out a Coleco Vision and just go, just go bouncing around the library. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm, I don't really feel that. I don't feel like doing that. Let me ask so you that, a, just a kind of a related but side note. Have, do uh, any of y'all remember going out and purchasing an Atari game? Uh, no. no, I didn't have an Atari. Okay, I will tell you about all the Atari purchases I've ever made. Okay. okay. My Atari was gifted to me by my grandfather when I was like three, and it came with Fucking a crap ton of games. Ditto. Yes. Yeah. And um, I no shit have a picture of me playing games at three. Um, hmm. But so we went and uh, a, a couple years later, I was you know four or five years old, and I was like, I want to get some more Atari games, and the Nintendo had just come out, so the Atari games were like. 25% of their original cost. Mm-hmm. Go to, uh, we had like a KB Toys in the mall or something, something along those lines. And I rolled up into this toy store and I was so happy. I got to, my mom let me be, just go through and pick whatever kind of game I wanted. And I, I want to say it was a game that was kind of, it reminded me of Dig Dug. I said, mm-hmm. that's what's coming to mind. I'm not sure if it was Dig Dug or it's like some like generic knockoff of Dig Dug. Yeah. Um, brought the fucking thing home. Goddamn thing wouldn't load. I now, mind you, I had three Ataris. 
I had the original Atari. I had the 7200. And I had, you know, I had all the freaking Ataris. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever one was in the middle, I can't fucking remember. Or if it was just a more modernized original Atari. But it would not work on any of them. And wow. each attempt required my parents to come in there and take the freaking thing apart and put it back together and then try it again. And then we went back to the store. I got the same game. I exchanged it for the same game. Said, this game didn't work. Okay, cool. Just pick out another one. Didn't work. Picked out another one. Wow. Didn't work. Picked out another one. Didn't work. Picked out another one. Didn't work. This is insane. Yes. Until finally, my parents said, fuck it, and bought me a Nintendo. Oh. <laughs> it, so this was this started this story started in like July and at Christmas I got a Nintendo. Wow. The game was never the game and I switched the game. It went from being like I got the same copy of the same game like the first three or four times and it switched mm-hmm. over to a different game. And the thing is my grandmother worked at this mall. So we were there picking her up from work wow. every single day so every single day you know there was another like attempt and this was a huge wall of atari games wow yeah yeah that's that's something i never ever thought about actually i that's another generation definition slash okay nintendo i'm all in when I, w- I as well was gifted an Atari. I was gifted my Atari 2600 and it was a uh, she paid my our our grandmother Chris and I uh Mimi she paid 20 bucks at a pawn shop that was right up the road from where we lived at the time. It came with like three joysticks, two of those tennis paddles, uh, some other joystick or or whatnot, a couple other controllers, I just forget what they were, and 20 Atari games. But that was it for my Atari. I didn't I don't remember if I was in school. I think I was in school whenever this happened, but I was not yet in the mode of of trading games or whatnot. I, of course, I had no money. I had no way to get games on my own, and I just had those, and that was it. When my Nintendo came into play, though, that's when it was, uh, one, I could rent Nintendo games from a local store as well, a local convenience store, like a gas station almost. I traded games with people at school. I swapped, borrowed games with people at school. Whole different ball game in my mind when it comes to Nintendo. But Atari, yeah, I don't have that. Oh, man, can y'all take me to fucking Kmart so I can buy the new Phoenix Atari game? You know, it's... I don't have that. It was, no, I want to go somewhere and buy Double Dragon 3. Thank God I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Good fucking banner, gentlemen. Let's roll into weeks. Uh, I'll go ahead and get mine out of the way, guys, if you don't mind. Mine's going to be short anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to try my best to just do a flash style of the movies I watched uh, these past few days. I have watched quite a few movies. I'm just going to run down these real quick, and I'm going to give quick, brief descriptions on whether I like it or not, and that's as, that's as quick as we're going to go with that. Uh, this this movie, Apostle, uh, was, a, if I remember right, it was kind of like a cultish-style situation. There was like a, a, a witch involved, and this, this, uh, this convent of people were basically using this witch for their own gain. 
Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, kind of a one-time watch. I've heard a lot of people say great things about this movie. It was supposed to be very uh, intense. And, I mean, it was okay. Uh Probably could recommend it. Being John Malkovich, good lord, this is an old movie I know. I uh, got recommended several times in my life. I figured I'd try it. It was a what the hell watch. I watched it one time. I've now watched it. I'll move on with life. Uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Audience and you too as well, hear me on this. This is a damn good fucking movie. This movie was a random movie. I forget how I even heard about it. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it was either Cinema Sins or the uh, Wisecrack podcast. One of those two. Um, I I really should pull this up right now and get the main actor. Matter of fact, I'm going to do that while I'm talking about it. So, uh, really quick, it's basically the as as the title would would kind of hint at. There's uh, a guy basically goes to jail, and there's some shit that goes down in the jail the takeaway from the movie for me is that the character that plays the main guy uh i've i mean he's been in several movies but it's not a role that i have ever seen this guy in and it's just many many ways outside of the wheelhouse vince vaughn is the main guy in this uh he is not jokey uh, witty Vince Vaughn at all. The if you know if you physically know about or if you know the physicality of Vince Vaughn, apparently in real life he's like six two, six three, like two hundred plus pounds. He's apparently he looks like he's kind of flubby, but apparently he's pretty big. They use that in this movie. He's a guy that gets hard on he gets on hard times and he gets <laughs> sent to jail and he makes some shit fucking happen and I'm telling you from the from his performance to what this movie was about it was nothing what I thought it was going to be and I was severely surprised and very impressed would highly recommend it uh I, I like there's so many things I want to tell all of y'all because there's good, there there are going to be scenes in here that are going to surprise the yeah, fuck that, out of you that, you know gonna, that was one of the things that kind of got me is uh you know what was it breaking bad the mm-hmm. director of that he said that he liked to use comedians as actors yeah yes and uh that, that was something i was really surprised to learn is that if you're a comedian it's really easy for you to be an actor i guess mm-hmm. like their roles yeah. come off a lot more genuine than your average person because there is that touch of like cynicism i guess Mm-hmm. in their uh in their portrayals uh um, yeah so yeah that was uh it doesn't surprise me i mean you, you can find some uh even ryan reynolds has a couple serious roles that he's gotten into oh, yeah and it, he does a yeah. pretty good job with them um, the the air that vince vaughn gives in this movie like the personality he th- he is like he is like a unstoppable fucking beast in this thing it goes from one thing to the other he's quiet reserved and he is that idea of don't fuck with him okay you fucked with him now you're gonna die they fucking poke fun at this throughout the toward the end of the movie like yeah don't fucking touch him don't do anything because you're gonna get fucked up (laughs) that guy got fucked up you're gonna be like him (laughs) uh just uh just that's that's as much as i want to get i want to say just if you want a movie where it's it's got a dark gritty 
attitude and you definitely if you'd like to see Vince Vaughn completely out of what you know Vince Vaughn as this movie Brawl in Cell Block 99 very good uh Game Night this was a recent movie it was a comedy uh the ideal was uh this couple they kind of met up at, at a uh they, they do a lot of board games and fun card games and all that stuff they meet up they fall in love to get married uh, the husband has a brother who's always trying to one up or, or usually always one ups him in life. He's, he's got like a better car, better house, better career, yada, yada, yada. The brother comes over one night and says, Hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to host a game night. Y'all come over and play it in my, at my game night. And he's like, all right. So I've basically staged this kidnapping. Okay. So they're going to come in and they're going to, they're going to rough us up and, uh, just, you know, just play along. It's going to be really fun. And it shit, shit turns South real bad. Uh, the whole entire movie is a fucking comedy and it hits, I'd say every other joke, every other ha moment in this movie hit for me. I avoided this movie often because I don't know, just newer comedies seem to be very, very hit or miss for me. Uh, it's usually them trying to poke fun at obvious shit and it's just, it's just it's degenerate. I don't really care. This movie, it got me laughing out loud on several occasions even sometimes when i knew the jokes that were coming they still got me laughing that's good so good movie game night uh ghost stories this is a i want to say this is a british movie um i forget the nationality or of origin but uh it's three separate stories like uh so there's a there's a guy it's that typical kind of story where he's like hey i i I go to places and i figure out why these things aren't real you know they say that this house is haunted but it's not here's a here's a list of what what it is he's that guy well there's a really famous guy just like that that calls him and says hey you know i've got some shit i want you to check out i'm going mad why don't you check these out and tell me if i'm right or wrong and it's three separate stories that all tie in together at the end. Didn't see the ending coming. Uh, wraps everything up very well. It's a slight recommend. It didn't blow my socks off, but it's it's definitely one of those darker, eerie, again, not jump scare uh, horror movies that was pretty good. Uh, Goodnight Mom. Holy crap. This is a psycho- psychological thriller, so to speak. Uh really quick summary there's these two young boys that uh the movie starts out with their their mother comes home from some kind of hospital thing she has her bandage she has her face like completely wrapped up with bandages uh and they begin to question whether or not she is their mother or not and yeah it gets dark it gets really really dark this movie uh, just for that 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 uh, tone alone, I would probably recommend this movie. Uh, Hell House LLC. This is also a newer horror style movie. Uh, gotta tell you guys and audience as well. I made it about fifteen minutes movie and turned this fucker off. I saw Get wrecked, going. movie. <laughs> I saw I saw where it was going. I saw how campy and tropey the 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 intro story was. And what sucks for me is uh something that you guys should know in audience as well i fucking love found footage films i do i've been a sucker for them ever since the blair witch project i love them 
I mean, I am a sucker for them. They, they're, they're just right up my alley. This is a found footage film. So, of course, I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I've seen it all done 20 times, but maybe this one will surprise me. 15, 10, 15 minutes in, I said, you're not surprising me. You are fucking lame. Move on. Mandy, this is a Jack. No, not Nick. Not. Oh, oh good Lord. Uh, Chris, Adam, help me out. Uh, played in the rock. Uh, crazy guy. Uh, uh He's, he's he's the actor that's known Nicholas for screaming Cage. and acting. Nicholas Cage, good God, I'm telling you, today has been a day for me because I can't remember the bees, Cage the goddamn yes. bees. Okay, I don't even really know how to recommend this because this this movie is a very atmospheric movie. If you've ever seen the movie Drive, and I I, I can hear people screaming now that go, whoa, this is not fucking drive down a road and listen to the pop music. No, 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 I understand that. But the atmosphere that Drive tried to put forward, it's kind of what Mandy was going for. Uh, The premise of this movie, which really doesn't even kick off till about, fuck, I don't even know, guys, like 45 minutes in. Uh, Nicholas Cage and this this uh, very eccentric, uh, pretty woman are married. They they live in this in house in the woods. The lady's walking down the road one day, and a van drives by, and apparently some fucking cult leader sees her and absolutely falls in love with her, kidnaps her. Shit goes down south really fucking fast, and Nicholas Cage goes on a Nicholas Cage esque tirade of slaughtering these people uh not gonna tell you if he gets all of them not gonna tell you who all's involved and not gonna tell you how good or bad it is but this was a movie that i heard recommended because and i quote they just let nicholas cage be nicholas cage i'm gonna take a brief pause here and say okay let me tell you all right now nicholas cage to me i don't treat him mentally the way memes treat him yes he's had a lot of crazy weird out there roles but if you've ever done some research on Nicolas Cage he has autobiographies where he tells you these are the roles I played in these are the crazy out there roles that people laugh at me at here is the 25 point list of the the German uh like screenplays that I pulled this from like he he knows his shit and he knows how to play his shit right but for whatever reason directors or writers or whatever like to pick him to be like all right nicholas cage we want you to just be fucking stupid crazy well this movie <laughs> it's just so movie, good at it to man. do that he he does it he gets to be fucking wild out there and then when you understand the subtext of why he's being the way he is it like yeah it fits i would fucking do that too i would probably be as crazy if not more crazy if i was in his shoes (sighs) so yeah pretty uh, pretty good i was i was kind of on the fence with it because again it was mainly recommended to me all the time anytime i've heard this movie recommended is because hey nicholas cage get to be crazy nicholas cage i'm like man sure let's try let's see if you guys are just playing the meme no it's actually a legitimately a good movie i enjoyed it i don't know why this one came across my radar puppet master the littlest reich i think i've what watched one puppet yeah i know right i've watched one puppet master probably in my lifetime and that was like maybe in my mom and dad's house as passing by when they were watching it on fucking hbo maybe in the early 90s so i don't have any of all the 
80s, 90s, slasher, horror, whatever picks. This is one that I don't have a lot of vest into. I have more vestment in Hellraiser than Puppet Master. This one got recommended. I said, what the hell? Why not? I'll just add it to the playlist of all these movies I'm watching, and I'll, I'll watch it. It was, it was entertaining. It was a Puppet Master movie, from what I understand. It pays a lot of homage and tribute to the old from the ones in the past. Gory as absolute fuck. It's very fangory. I think... I think Fangoria was the company that like funded all this. So, I mean, if if you're out if if you're up for some see some gory puppet killing machines, and this is this is pretty cool as a like a, a prophetic horror movie of all time. No, this is just that fucking silly horror entertainment. Uh, the domestics. This was a I want to say it's a post apocalyptic style story. Uh, that's kind of all you need to know because they usually all work that way. Uh, they run across the, it's a couple that, so they were in the middle of a divorce or going through a divorce. We're talking like maybe a week or two fresh of after the official, like we, I want to divorce you and the apocalypse thing happened. And they have managed to stay together mainly because, well, you know, he he loves her and she needs she wants protection and and he cares for her for probably a good two or three years. And that kind of sets the stage of these of these two people. They're basically trying to get from point A to point B. They meet different people. They're all kind of uh, uh, like cults and clans of people out there that like they all they band together like they have one group called the gamblers they all have like actual genuine animals have been killed they've cut their heads off and put them on on their head like a wolf head a deer head and if they catch you they have like this wheel they'll spin the fucking wheel and depending on what it'll land it depends on what's gonna happen to you you can be let free you can get shot you can get burned alive bonus spin shit taken yeah bonus spin all that shit so uh, you don't see that a whole lot in the movie, though. The gate, the movie's not gimmicky like that. Like, let's see what next group they're gonna get involved. It's more the typical post-apocalyptic. How, I imagine like this what, masked cult leader comes out with a microphone and he's standing next to the wheel. Let's see what he gets. <laughs> <laughs> kinda. I mean, kinda. Wow. Uh, like they actually have a scene. Uh, they have one scene where they get captured and they get forced down to this basement area and. There's a table with two poles on it and gloves. The gloves have their fingers inside triggers of pistols. And they tie one of their hands to the chair with a zip tie. They take their other hand and shove it in the glove and then drill their hand to the post and force them to play Russian roulette. Mind you, this is pretty much a wife and a husband doing this. And it's like, you know, we'll give you, you know, three, eight spins if you can, and we'll spin the, the fucking uh, cylinder eight times. And if you can, y'all can manage to not shoot each other, we'll let you go. It's just shit like Turns that. out all the chambers are loaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty good movie. I mean, it's po- it's post-apocalyptic. It's got some of the typical scenarios that you know are going to come around. Uh, it's nothing, not, not, nothing, not the greatest post-apocalyptic film out there, but it was entertaining enough, I suppose. The Killer Inside Me, holy crap. This was, um, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting these actors' names. I'm so sorry I'm dropping the ball right here. Uh, what other movies were there? <laughs> I'm just going to look it up. Uh, he he's one of the brothers uh jesus 
Uh, Casey Affleck. Sorry. Oh God. I've been on a Casey Affleck kick uh, recently. I mean, you say that, but he's there's a lot of good movies, and I I I've grown fond of him over the years. He's pretty good in, in almost everything I've seen him in. Uh, but the idea of this one is it's it's just another one that's kind of hard to tell everything without spoiling because the impacts of the holy shit moments when these happen, it's I don't want to say those, <laughs> but it's it's kind of set in like maybe in like the 50s or 60s. Uh, I, I'm probably lying of the actual place, but I want to say it's out in Texas. They're just a but it's a it's 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 not a western situation it's just old school texas there there's these cops and sheriffs and whatnot and casey affleck is one and it's there's a bunch of inner city turmoil and backstabbery and political nonsense going on there's a lot of shady like underhanded pay under the table shit going on and casey affleck falls in love with this hooker that he was supposed to drive out of town but that leads into a huge fucking turn of event in the movie and he also has this girlfriend that he's been fucking but he's he don't know if he wants to marry or not and then later on he says he will and that that turns into another huge like what the fuck moment uh the title is called the killer inside me uh and that happens quite often in this movie uh lots of twists lots of turns you gotta you gotta kind of gotta follow it close to keep up with it but it's oh man it's just it was there are just gut punching moments in this movie and again just for casey affleck man i'm, I'm a big fan uh only got a few left folks i promise um rules of attraction i think this was a late or i mean an early 90s movie uh I watched it. I don't remember a whole lot about it. I, th- I think it was, it had some cinematography uh, done that was that people would like. Like it would play a scene forward and then play it back with you having all that knowledge and you could like pick out things. Uh, it's just it's it's a decent story, I suppose. I don't think it even really had like a true ending to it. It was just it was it had some cool, interesting moments in it as far as directing and movie going, but nothing that blew my mind. They live. I can't believe it took me this long to finally watch this fucking movie. Wow. Really? This is, yeah, really. So this is gotta be like a early or a mid to late eighties movie starring, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Holy crap. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's for for what it is and for what he is, he fucking acts the shit out of this movie. But the idea of the movie, if you don't know, and I believe me, I understand. If you don't, this is a very very old school movie. Uh, there's basically they're either I'm pretty sure they're aliens. They're on this world and they have disguised themselves as humans for a long long time. A group of uh, people have known that this has been going on. They've been trying to figure out how to expose them to the world. They have developed these sunglasses. If you put the sunglasses on, you can see them. And they get raided and killed and destroyed. Well, Roddy Roddy Piper comes across a box, puts them on, and slowly, and I mean very, this is a very slow-moving movie, uh, sees this shit. And it's also the way that these aliens have terraformed the world. And it's, it's also the psychological stuff, like... Uh, how signs that he will see it will show the signs of of like billboards like what they actually mean it's all like consume and obey and yada 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 uh kind of generic as it goes on i mean it's aliens and they try to you know 
expose everybody or expose aliens. <laughs> the the aliens world. are trying to expose people. <laughs> expose That's why they've got to be Roddy, stopped. Roddy Piper, and Roddy Roddy Piper just clotheslines all of them because he ain't down for that shit. Uh, as it, it was entertaining, I tell you. Uh, didn't it wasn't like groundbreaking as well, but I'm sure back in the day it probably was. Uh, so I watched it finally. I was like Casablanca of the 80s right there. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Three Identical Strangers. This was a movie slash documentary. I think CNN did this. Uh, premise, real simple. A uh, guy goes to college. When he gets into college, everybody around him is smacking on the back saying, Hey, man, good to see you again. He's like, Hey, thanks. I've never, I've never been here before. And they're like, Hey, man, welcome back. He's like, No, I've never. I'm, I'm, this is my first day. Come to find out he has a twin. Uh, his twin went to that college and he, he meets a twin doesn't stop there. The fact that these two twins meet up makes the news and on the news, another, I don't know, four or five, 600 miles away or whatever, uh, a couple or family, whatever realizes, Hey, they look just like you. So it's not twins that find each other. It's triplets that were separated at birth. They find themselves. That's how it starts. And then it, it starts swirling into, okay, well, why were these triplets separated at birth? Why were they never told that they were triplets? And there's some other side-winding story of how all that happens. And Rowdy Roddy Piper it, comes out with the aliens. Yep, and clotheslines them. Yep, yep. He uses the triplets as baseball bats one by one. Uh, <laughs> it's it's more of a documentary than a in-your-face movie with a solid conclusion. I think it's... I think they tell a little bit more at the end of the movie, like where it's gone since then. But eh, I've it was interesting. Just the idea of having like a twin out there and you being uh, thrown back into their mix, and then finding out there's a third. Like it's pretty crazy. Um, and you know what? I think I may have gotten a name mistaken. I think actually, to die for was the movie I was talking about earlier that. <laughs> It was like whatever. Uh, I'm really forgetting because it come a point where these movies kind of blur for me. But that's honestly that's I'll, I'll figure this out once this movie fucking opens on my end. But that was it for my movies. Uh, I haven't really watched any other TV shows. Uh, Chris and Adam, I think mm -hmm. did I mention last episode about that about a show called Trauma? Does this sound familiar? Nope. Um, okay. I don't uh, remember the, it at all. There, so that was the other thing I watched. I, I won't. I won't take too much longer. Uh, it was. It's a three-part miniseries, which is thankfully awesome because when I discovered this, I saw three parts and I was like, "Oh, great! If I get interested, holy crap! I have to wait." And I watched the first episode and was very fucking all in. And luckily, it was only it was only three parts. Uh, I am talking just for anybody out there that goes to 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 research this. I I actually don't remember if the trauma. The one I'm talking about was a Netflix series. I don't believe it is. But if you're looking for the one that I'm talking about, apparently there's a couple of them out there. This is the 2018 three-part miniseries. This very fucking good show. Very good story. Very good wrap-up. Uh, just captured me from the first episode. So, uh, kid goes to a diner. Uh, for some reason, unbeknownst to you at the at this early stage of the series, uh, the kid gets stabbed and goes to the hospital. Okay, uh, a a surgeon who is celebrating his birthday or whatever 
gets called in. He's like, yeah, I've, I mean, I'm the top trauma surgeon in the area. I'll be there. I'll, I'll do it. And he comes in. Of course, the parents get called in as well. The, the parents come in and the dad's halfway freaking out. He's like, where's my son? Where's my son? Let me see him. And blah, blah, blah. He busts in the room or what? Well, I, I, I'm. It doesn't bust in the room, but he talks to the surgeon. He busts in the room, and there's Rowdy Roddy Piper waiting <laughs> on him. <laughs> he he talks to the surgeon, and he's like, look, what's going on? He's like, look, your son has been stabbed, but hey, we, we got it under control. Uh, the bleeding is not this, it's not that. Like we, he's like, well, can, can I see him? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm working. We're, he's about to go back to the operating room and yada, yada, yada. We'll fix it up. Everything. You'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's like, okay. Well, he tells the dad that it's only going to be like, you know, give me like half an hour and I can definitely give you a report. Well, half an hour goes by and, and there's no report and 45 minutes goes by and there's no report. The dad's like, look, man, like detectives come in and talk to him. And he's like, look, I don't know what's going on. Well, does your does your kid have like any problems? He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, look, I'm not answering your questions right now. My son is back there, and I was told like 15, 20 minutes. It's almost an hour now. What the fuck is going on? So he goes back there, busts in the room, and the surgeon is there operating still on his son. But now the surgeon's very panicked, and the guy's like, dude, what? What the hell? You said my son's fine. He's like, what? Look, can you get? I need you to leave. We're working on your son. Yada yada yada. He's like, no 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 no. And he just sees this panic look in his eyes. And they finally get the dad out of the room. Twenty thirty minutes later, the surgeon comes out and is like, your son passed away. The dad does not let go of this. The dad does not let this stand. His son is dead. The surgeon told him he was going to be fine. The son is not fine. The son is dead. And the surgeon tries to explain to him, you know, hey, that was the it, he got stabbed. Given the given the the size of the wound, we didn't know how bigger we didn't know how big it was going to be till we opened your son's heart, and then we did. It got worse. And it's just look, it, it's just it's so much back and forth in this first episode. Like, look, you need to explain this to me. Why you said my son will be fine? That you have it under control? It's not like you basically made me feel like it was a small cold, and you sent him home for medicine, and now he's dead. And he won't let it go. That's the first episode. And it just keeps going and going and going. It's only three parts. Each episode is only about an hour long. Uh, the cinematography, the direction of the movie, everything about, I mean, the show, everything about this, very appealing. And, and again, it's only three. So if you don't even like it about the first, you're only missing out two episodes. But if you like it, you only got two more to go. Wraps up very good. Very awesome. Uh, that's... <laughs> On, on our video game podcast, guys, that's actually kind of it for me because the only other thing I'm, I've done <laughs> in actual gaming world is play Persona 5. I'm still working through it. As of this right now, I am on 1026. Uh, Adam hasn't played this yet, so I kind of want to keep it as spoiler-free as I can. But uh, for Chris, I'm, I'm at that part where Akechi's you know, making his play. He's like, Hey, I know what you guys are and you're, you know, I'm going to, yeah. So I've, again, for those that have followed me the past few episodes, there's no, I've already beat this game. I put 270 plus hours into it. I am actually using a guide this time solely for the purpose of actually doing the trophies, which is good. It's actually helped me find, a, I've only found a couple extra things that I didn't do on my own. Like I found a couple extra areas to go to, 
Uh, and it's there's, there's other simple little ones. I think there's there was only like seven or eight trophies I did not have, and a couple of them were really basic trophies. Chris, they were like, "Hey, go drink all the drinks out of all the vending machines. Yeah. You get a trophy." I'm like, "Wow!" I well, of course I didn't do that on my first playthrough. I didn't think to do that. That's just a funny little thing. But then it also goes to the extreme ones where it's like, "Hey, you need to." Uh, basically create one of these ultimate personas which is a late game thing to do uh there's also the social confidants i didn't i didn't have every one of those maxed out uh so yeah i'm working my way through it i'm still enjoying it i i'm i'm plowing through it i'm i'm barely approaching my first 100 hours through and again i'm already damn near through with uh october so let me ask you this question is is mm. this game one of those games where you can accidentally 100% it or do you have to go into a playthrough with the mindset that you are going to 100% this game I I you know what given so the given Chris you platinum this on your on your first run through right uh no I did on new game plus I finished it up oh well okay well because there are missables yeah, you right there are missables and even the guys will tell you Adam that if you want to platinum the game, you can't actually platinum until New Game Plus. You have to go a couple more months in a New Game Plus. I went, I went through only one game. This is, I am just now going through New Game Plus with the sole purpose of getting platinum. Uh-huh. But going through the game 270 hours without a guy, without knowing how to get. I, dude, I didn't even go into the trophies list and see what I needed to do. And I got every trophy but like seven or eight like i got 60 to 70 percent of the trophies without trying to trophy hunt well aside from the the things that you have to do in new game plus um does he do they have anything that when when i say you have to go into the game with the mindset that you're going to 100 percent the game is it like suicoden 2 level where Morning one, day one, begin, wake up, start sprinting. Well, <laughs> you know? let me, let me, I'm going to tell you, I don't know, not really. Because you remember Clive's um, quest but, so he couldn't too. Yeah, I do, I do. The thing about, the thing about, almost said Suikoden right there, the thing about Persona 5 and 4 and 3, actually to, to some extent, is that it's going to take you a couple day or well, probably a couple weeks and I'm talking about in game weeks to to for one if you're brand new it's going to take you a few weeks in general just to kind of get how the fucking game works like okay what do you guys want me to do with what I have available oh so my time in the day of the game is allotted. Okay, so there's only and then now so now there's only certain things that I can do during the morning time, during the evening time, during the night time. Okay, what am I allowed? So eventually you're gonna get a pattern. Okay, I know that I can only talk to this girl at night. I can only do this activity during the day. I'm only allowed to do this on Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. Mm-hmm. You're gonna understand that. And I'm telling you, with with you as sharp as you are, because especially if I did it, you're gonna get real quick really quick you're gonna get the pattern of okay i could just sit down with a pad and write down okay monday do this thing do this thing and then at night do this 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 tuesday prep for this do this in the morning do this in the afternoon sunday sleep all day yeah if you don't want to do that there are guys out there that will step you all the way through but what i'm noticing is that even if using the guide 
I didn't use a guide my first playthrough, and I got so much of that shit on my own. But even if you don't use a guide, most of those guides will tell you, hey, if you do use our guide, you've got quite a few days of playtime. So if you fuck up this day, just move your calendar up. And mentally, if you don't do the right thing four days in a row, that's okay. In the grand scheme of things, you got like two weeks worth of playtime. It's it's okay. You can fuck things up. Yeah. That also lets you know that if you're casually going through this game, you don't you don't have to do everything perfect. There's no perfection. I did perfection because I was getting the pattern down. I was like, okay, okay, I know Monday's coming up. This thing's going to be available. This person's going to be available. That's not going to be available. I know when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to plan to do this, mm. this, this. It sound, It even sounds like work, but oh my God, I promise you. It's oh, not. no, I've played, game, I've played games like this before, but the thing, you're gonna the thing I to do it. just wanted to verify is that you're not going to run into situations where... Oh, yeah, you spent way too much time doing this thing. This thing is completely and utterly unavailable to you. What and you say, and we're, and there's no and it the window is not like a casual window. It's like you needed to beeline from this point to this point or you missed it. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's it, it's not as extreme as that, but there are things that you can only do on certain days, certain times. Because the game's, you know, based on a calendar system. So, like, mm-hmm. the one Mike was talking about where you have to get all the drinks from the vending machines. Well, you can only get certain drinks on certain days of the week, certain months out of the year. So, if you don't do it on one of those days, then you miss it until New Game Plus. And that's, I didn't do it until New I- Game Plus. Yeah, and I'm doing my I'm doing mine on New Game Plus too. And again, if we're focusing on drinks, the drinks are fucking nothing in this game. Yeah. But just using it as an well, example. See, now, now the, when I do play it, I'm gonna get the drinks. If there's if there's it. anything me, I remember about this game, it's gonna be I've got to get all the drinks. Yeah, that, <laughs> everything else you tell me, right the fuck out the window. I'm gonna get the drinks. That's gonna be the thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That that is such an off key trophy to go for anyway. Even if mm-hmm. you're trophy hunting, what what you mentally need to prepare for is it's going to seem like this shit is overwhelming. Take take a confidant for example. The purpose of of ranking up in a confidant, which means I talk to Adam. Adam likes me a little bit more on a scale of one to ten. I went from zero to one. I talked to him again. I went from one to two. I talked to him again. Ah, we just hung out. We stayed at two. We talked again. We went from two to three. The purpose in personas of doing that is that whenever you, Adam, you are linked to a persona type. You're, you're linked to a tower type or a sun type or a devil type or whatever. Every persona that I have of that style, they get experience boosts. The more, So the more friendlier I am with you because you're a devil persona user, the more experience my devil personas are going to get, the more powerful and faster they're going to be that powerful. Huh. If you're looking at how these people rank up, it, it seems like it's small because you have to go from rank nothing to rank 10. And... You may talk to them one time, and they may not rank up. It's just like, cool, thanks for hanging out with me. You talk to them again, they rank up. And you're like, well, that's going to go fast. But even if it doesn't go fast, the game starts the calendar year, I think of like 4-15, so like April 15th. And the game time goes all 
all the way to like December 31st or January 15th or something. So you just have to plan mentally at a minimum 10 solid days to talk to this person or 10 solid days to hang out with it. The obstacles that come in are one, are they available to even talk to? Two, have is this going to be something where we're just going to hang out or is this actually going to level it up? Because if it's not going to level it up, it's just going to move it up a little bit further and I, I need another day to hang out with them. Uh, do I have something else that I need to do right now instead of hanging out with that person? Is there another person who I need to rank up before them? So it's just this mental juggling. And I'll tell you right now, Chris, this was something that when I heard about Persona 5, when I heard about Persona period, Adam, this was almost like a Dark Souls night and day thing for me. When people were telling me about Persona 5, I heard whispers. I don't know if, Chris, this is how it was for you, but most of what I heard was, oh, yeah, you're basically like a kid almost in high school or you're, you're, you're a high school kid and you got to balance your day. You got to figure out who, what friends you're going to hang out with and if you're going to work at a job or if you're going to do some homework or if you're going to go to sleep instead or if you're going to care for a plant. And I was like, why the fuck? Would I play a game about basic? It sounds like a real life simulator, a high school kid simulator. Pfft, I don't care about this. I hear Adam telling me about how the difficulty of Dark Souls and and like, yeah, it's just it's just going to kick your teeth in. And there's there's obstacles to get by. And there's going to be pretty much unbeatable enemies. And you've got to put hours of, of time in it and learning things. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? And then I played Persona 5. And then I played Dark Souls and went, oh my god. I can't believe you played Persona 5 before Dark Souls. <sighs> so good. I had I had almost the same thing happen that Dark Souls did that I did for Persona 5. I, I That's heard always a good how thing. people I heard how people were selling the game to me and I was blowing it off. I'm not I don't fucking care to play something. That's why I've never went to play a Persona game right there. I don't want to play a high school blah 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 blah. And then played it and went, oh, Oh, so this shit matters. All of this matters. All of this links to other things and makes this, it's a big system. And if, if that turns you off, the story, the, well, actually, Chris, the multitude of stories in this game is just so fucking good. The, you're, you're going, you have a main story in Persona 5. And talking to every confidant, they have their own story. We're not talking like a four-paragraph story. We're talking about multiple lines of story, deep character con content and character building for, I want to say, like 25 or 30 different other people. Ugh, so good. So good. Well, so hopefully yeah. they put it out on PC. Yeah, Adam, yeah. as a <laughs> reference for from someone that, you know, puts in normal hours on games uh it took me 97 hours to beat mm -hmm. and i got 100 percent 155 hours yeah that's not too bad yeah so it took me another nearly 60 <laughs> hours after beating it to 100 it yep that's too good uh, i'm telling you two good rpg playthroughs right there yeah so worth it like I said, I've already played this game. I already beat this game. I already know what the stories are. I've, I'm getting a little bit... What I'm getting now extra is a little bit more content with either confidants that I didn't go too far with or confidants that maybe I only got one or two ranks and I'm like, oh, this person's story is also very deep and very thorough and very awesome. 
and even if I'm not, I'm just enjoying the game. Adam, you know how when we were, me and you used to talk about uh, South Park, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I don't know, the South Park show is whatever, and you were like, Mike, hush, listen to me. The gameplay in South Park is part of why that game sold so good. The gameplay of South Park is going to be what you take away. And then I played South Park, and I was like, yeah, you're fucking right. I like how everything I was like a joke. All, I like all these things that this game does to just light up things about RPG gameplay. I like that. You're going to get that from Persona. Chris can back me up 100% on this. When you play Persona 5, if you when you go back to another RPG, another turn-based battle RPG, you're going to be like, man, wow. Persona 5 just fucking put money and time and polish all over this game it's just mm, it's built so good just gonna shit all over final fantasy 6 which i play immediately after this uh i forget what game i played (laughs) i played i played uh, my uh, audience is like yeah we know you told us this there was a game that was a turn-based style rpg i played after this and you know what? It might have been. I think it was Final Fantasy VII. But I think Final Fantasy VII might be a little bit unfair. I've already played Final Fantasy VII a few times. Didn't but you play yeah. Final Fantasy VIII? There, oh, I did for a bit. Drop that shit. <laughs> Good. But shit gives just, you cancer. There is so much quality of life, and I can attest to this on two fronts. Not only on the front of going for Persona 3 and 4 to 5. So quality of life, advancements, and just things that Persona 5 did to make its game play and game style better. But just from other RPGs. Like, it's just... It has so much tuning to it. And so much quality of life slash good game engineering in it. It's... it's mm, it is a gem. It is a fucking solid gem on this generation of consoles. Oh, I believe you. I'm, I'm slowly making the, the point of it being a fucking gem full stop. But So yeah, that's me. I'm working my way through it. Probably the next podcast or two, maybe the next week or two I'll finally have everything. There are some trophies in there that are going to take a little bit of extra work uh, like getting all of the personas themselves. There's going to be a yep. lot of back and forth of grind. Not part grinding and part fusing to get the personas that I want but yeah. I I'm in it. I have no problem. None whatsoever. As a point of fact, my first playthrough uh through Persona 5, I didn't do any of that shit. I didn't the options were there and they kept un- unfolding and inve- and uh the, the envelopes kept blowing wide open like hey, now you can use this to make these higher personas. Man, I basically went through with my basic ones and did just fine uh that that, so the fact that i'm now going through and trying to get a trophy to do it means i'm forced to do it and i don't mind being forced to do it because i didn't do it the first time so now i get to experience what it was is it going to be a headache is it going to be a pain in my ass is it going to be cool i imagine because there's i've only got 63 something percent of my persona 5 personas there's some that i've never seen before yeah uh so yeah, it's going to be interesting. And hopefully, I haven't looked too far ahead in the guide, but hopefully I can start doing this early enough to where it will make the final battles uh, a little bit. It, hopefully it'll make them different. <sighs> Persona 5. 
Such good stuff. I can't believe I talked that long on a game I've already beat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Chris, how's yeah. your week been, brother? He spent it listening to you tell yours. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, we're now in, we're now approaching the middle of November. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was looking back at my notes, and yeah, I finished hundred percent of the game back in April. Um. So yeah, we're. It's been a while since that, so I had to actually go back and look at my notes. Um, yeah. So for my week, not a whole lot on the game side. Um, Fallout 76 still doing beta stuff. I didn't participate in any of them. Uh, and something sort of news-related, I did see a post on the Fallout uh, Facebook today saying that 76 was available for preload on... Xbox One. I mean, there's like five days until it comes out, but I wasn't able to preload it. So I don't know what's going on with that rollout. um, Hopefully they get squared away soon. um, And hopefully I didn't screw myself by uninstalling the beta. (laughs) Um, Because I don't... I think they're... It might be over as of yesterday. Or it might go through this weekend. I don't remember. Uh, I'd imagine it would be already over. Because it's getting close to, too close to release, yeah, but uh, yeah. but yeah. So I uninstalled the beta, so I had room for the actual game. Because <laughs> my Xbox One is so full, even when I upgraded yep. to a terabyte hard drive, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Um, I also talking about games I haven't played. Haven't played any more Destiny Two, um, even though I completely missed the Halloween event. I wanted to do that and I didn't um I just haven't I have too many other things to do and play that I can't just go back and grind uh in Destiny 2 right now I still need to finish story related content I beat the main campaign but there's still that you know post campaign not quite end game uh content to go through and I haven't done that yet Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I want to play it. It's not that I don't want to play it, but I just, I got to prioritize, you know, how it goes. Yes. (laughs) We are adults. We know. (laughs) Um, I have played a lot of, uh, magic the gathering arena. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I mentioned it last time, it's such a good filler game. Like, I'll get done with work and I'll be like, all right, finally I can do something else and I'll load up Arena, play a couple of games and, you know, eat dinner and then play a different game. An actual, mm-hmm. you know, a full game, in this case, Red Dead. Um, but it's it's kind of balanced out to where I try to get five wins a day and then call it there because that's kind of the uh, point where I draw the, uh, what's the word? The, the time versus, or the time versus reward, uh, ratio. Five wins is pretty much, uh, that mark. Cause mm-hmm. the daily win rewards, that's where that drops from a hundred coins and then a card to 50 coins and a card on the next one. Um, alternating between like i mentioned 
So once I yeah. start getting 50 coins per win, I'm like, eh, it's not really... Unless it's all I'm doing because of something else I'm doing, then I don't think it's really worth it. Uh, excuse me. Some days that's really easy. Man, I was on a losing streak yesterday. Um, not as bad today, but yesterday I lost so many games in a row. It, I dropped down to bronze four, and then I had to fight my way up before I could go to bed. I, I I played it, got frustrated, and you know went on to Red Dead. Finished playing Red Dead, and I was like, all right, I'm going to play Magic until I get my rank back. <laughs> got back up to bronze three, and then today I lost it again. Oh, um, man. It's so brutal. And it's, it's one of those things where I was like 75% through bronze three. I was almost bronze two. And then I go on this losing streak, and it drops me down bit by bit to bronze uh, four. And then I had to win like six games to get back up. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> I barely, I won like the first game after I lost my rank, but I was still only like 70, 60, 70% through the bar. And it took so yeah. many games to rank back up. And earlier I had the same thing happen. I wasn't even on a losing, real losing streak. I was kind of at that typical like 50% win rate. Um, I might have lost two in a row or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up dropping down. It was just enough to rank me down, and now I'm trying to fight my way back up. It's I had... Oh. Go ahead. I was going to say, you talk to the wrong kind of people, and they'll say, yeah, you got gambler's addiction. Yeah, you have it. You just have it in <laughs> card video games. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I've had it happen big time in Salty Bet. Mm. Oh, man. I have had... I think the max Chris I've ever had is somewhere over 500,000 money, gold, coins, whatever. I guess bucks, salty bucks, yeah. And I have lost that. I've lost that twice. <laughs> and my that's that's always been my fucking mentality, which is why I don't need to go to a casino, no matter what money I ever have in life, because I was like, all right, so, you know, okay, I just lost 200,000 salty bucks. I need to get that back before mm. I go to bed. I need to get back up to that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had earlier a game where I was facing an opponent. I didn't realize it at first, but it quickly became apparent that they were running a mill deck. Mm. Now, okay. for those that don't know what mill deck means, it's basically a deck that forces you to run out of cards. Because in Magic, hmm. if your deck runs out and you can't draw a card, you lose. Hmm. I lost this game with 60-something health. My opponent had 6 health. But they ran me out of cards because they forced me wow. to discard them over and over. Yeah, It is one of the worst experiences I have ever had in a card game. Because <laughs> I would put out stuff to be able to kill them and then they get rid of it and make me draw or discard. I'm like, great. And I I probably could have won it, but I accepted drawing some cards later on that I had the option. Uh, they uh, they played the card that caused me to draw, but I had an option of whether or not to accept it. 
Um, mm. And I took it because they had just wiped up my board and I wanted to maybe buff my mana up, but it was the wrong decision to make. And if I had a couple more turns that that cost me, I might have won it, but having over 60 health and a game where you start out with 20, mm. I, I was dominating otherwise, and it was so miserable. Um, but yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I'm not... I was looking at it, uh, the coin cost of things and whatnot, and like the big draft thing cost 5,000 coins to uh, participate in. Um, and that I've been buying packs, but I probably should do the draft, but it's such a, it's kind of an intimidating thing to do because you're having to build a deck, you know, out of random card packs. And if you don't, if you don't know much about the, the cards that are going to be available, then it makes it pretty difficult to, build that up um, and have a cohesive deck in the end. I've done mm. one draft. I think I went like one and two on it or something like that. Maybe two and two or two and three, whatever the loss count is. So I didn't make my, you know, entry fee back at all and didn't really enjoy it a whole lot. The, the biggest thing was I got all the cards from the deck, you know, because I, uh, whatever you select from the packs in the draft, you get to keep, which is yeah. good. Um, so overall, it was net profit as far as that goes, but for enjoyability, not so much. Um, and I think I might be getting to that point where as I got higher up in Bronze 3 because of how wacky their rating system is now, I think I'm getting to the people that are, you know, actually building decks. <laughs> mm. um, like that mill deck, that's not a standard deck at all. That's something someone yeah. built and was right, working right. their way up with. Uh, I'm still using one of the decks I unlocked, you know, the first week of playing and, because that's the one that works best for me. Um, right. I don't know. It's It's... It's good times and bad times. You know, overall I'm having fun, but it can be very stressful at times. And I'm kind of on that downward slope <laughs> where I'm like, <laughs> all right, I was having fun until I lost eight times in a row. Now I'm yeah. not motivated to keep going. Um, Boy, yeah. First yeah. person shooter life for me right there. Yeah, exactly. Same type of mentality. Um, but it's still a good time waster. Um I say time waste. It's still fun to get a game or two in from now, now and then. Um, I don't even think I got my five wins today. I think I got like three, and that was after after some losses. Um, hence my rank down. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I probably won't finish it tonight since we're doing this. But that's fine. I have I have enough coins to do a draft. I just have to. Psych myself up to the point of doing it. Uh, <laughs> the other game I've been playing is more Red Dead. Uh, okay. Redemption 2. Mm -hmm. uh, I've mm -hmm. put 26 more hours into it since last week. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm up to 76% of the story done. Um, okay. I actually today decided to take a break from story and actually try to upgrade some of my uh, equipment. And this mm-hmm. is where this is where some of these systems in the game are a bit much. Uh, we talked last week about how you know it's intended for a certain audience and uh, if you want that authentic you know western type feel or that immersion, into the world it makes Mm -hmm. sense but in general Mm -hmm. it's a bit much um yeah in particular i'm to upgrade equipment you need a lot of pelts and hides and stuff you have to hunt Mm -hmm. um well there's always animals around you know you run from mission to mission you encounter them i run over all kinds of animals in the road all the time uh but their pelts aren't usable because you maul them with a horse you know um Mm -hmm. or you blast them with a shotgun also not good for the hide Um, so you have to kill all these animals in a certain way and not only is it you know okay you just need to you know it's not it's not like oh you just need headshots and you're fine which is typically kind of, unless you need the skull or, you know, something from the head, that's typically all you need. The body's fine, mm-hmm. you know, but not in this game, no. Um, if you use the wrong weapon, shoot him in the head, the rest of the body's still screwed too. Um, wow. It's, it's very frustrating, um, especially trying to have the weapons out that you need for what you're hunting. Um, I went into an area, and I hadn't encountered the the uh, animals before that I was hunting. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to take my bow, and I'm going to take uh, a, the varmint rifle, which is, you know, for smaller animal-type things. I'm like, those two seem reasonable. I run across whatever I'm hunting, and it's like, oh, you need a rifle for this. I'm like, okay, so I went back to my horse and got a rifle. While I'm hunting that animal, another one pops out, and it's like, oh, this one needs a repeater. I'm like, they're both guns. I understand the (laughs) varmint being a smaller caliber specifically for, you know, smaller animals. But Mm -hmm. a rifle versus a repeater, I don't know the difference. I should actually look and see what the ammo types are for them. But it doesn't, as far as I've been concerned as I play the game... A rifle and a repeater are the same thing. Just a repeater mm-hmm. is different mechanically, not so much, you know, bullet-wise. But right. uh, apparently there is a difference. So I go out there with two weapons, and you can only carry two at a time aside from your pistols, your handguns, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to go back and I had to go back to the horse to switch them. Um, and by then the animals run off, and I've lost it. So it's... It's not a pleasant experience doing the hunting. And I took, let me see how long I played this afternoon, doing nothing but hunting. I played just under three and a half hours. I I accomplished almost nothing on my checklist. <laughs> mm. um, I did get, I want to say I got overall four or five perfect hides. Uh, and one perfect carcass um, that I needed. 
but because things take typically three different types of hides, I have one material for a few things, but I wasn't able to really complete anything. Um, mm. I need... I actually put a spreadsheet together so I could track how many of each thing I need. I mm-hmm. currently need 37 more or 36 more perfect somethings. Um, That's a this is this all this right here brings up a very important question, especially with Rockstar games and especially with this game uh, with all the shit it has in it. The fact that you tell me that you made a spreadsheet, I know, Chris, because I'm going to make a spreadsheet, that's not news to me. Mm-hmm. What is news to me is that a game of this magnitude with this much shit involved, you tell me they didn't have a, there wasn't, they didn't have an, their own intuitive way to have that checklist for you already? They didn't have its own tracking system and a way to just manage it in the game? That does UI seem kind of weird. The that's only, pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, the only way you can really see the, so, Here's how it works. Um, so you have your base camp where the gang is holed up at, right? And mm-hmm. you have one of the people there. He is the, you know, cook, essentially. He also deals with crafting and whatnot. Um, and you go to him and you're like, hey, I got this stuff I'll give you. And he's like, all right, give it to me. And when you're adding it, when you're donating it to the camp, you'll have options like donate for provisions. That means it goes towards your food stores. Donate for money because it's not worth anything otherwise. You know, that's what the poor pelts or the good pelts go for. They're useless in crafting. So you just donate for the, you know, the gang's bank, so to speak, or the camp's bank. Um, You, the third option is donate for crafting, which is, you know, my end goal was to donate for crafting. So upgrade my equipment. I don't know that there is a way to see what you have stored with him for crafting, aside from going through the crafting menu at that same NPC and going, okay, I have, okay, so I need these three pelts. I have two of this one, but neither of the other ones. Um, And that's it. Like, if I'm not in camp, I don't know that it's possible to see what I have with him, which is one of the main reasons I made a list, because I'm like, well... I have wolf pelts. I think I have two of them, but I don't know how many I need overall because, you know, there are 20 things, 25 things I need to craft uh, still. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll make a list, consolidate, you know, get some total numbers, and then check it off as I go through. That is kind of um, odd. But yeah. the frust- one of the frustrating things is you can only turn these in back at camp. Well, I don't know if you heard, but it takes a long time to get anywhere. What? Uh, so, I'm running, like, I was hunting beavers, for example, uh, before I ended for the night. So, I was like, okay, I actually looked this up because I'm screw going across the map randomly. I was like, alright, where are beavers at? Okay, they're over by this lake. Okay, I went over there, fought a, uh, found a couple. And then nothing. I'm like, okay, well, I've got one of, you know, two beaver pelts I need. Um, I have, like, six beaver pelts, but only one that's perfect. Because not only... So not only do you have to pick what you kill them with right, that's not the hard part. Or that's only part of the, you know, equation there. The other part is they just have to be able to be that quality. Yeah. Like, when... The way it works, I think, for a lot of the animals, 
is the bigger they are, the more likely they are to be, you know, a perfect quality. Like I also went and hunted gators. That's the first thing I did because I knew exactly where they were. And there are tons of them down in the bayou. In the bayou. Uh, in the bayou. Yeah. So you're playing so, bayou billy, basically. Yeah, so I went down there. I was like, all right. And sure enough, the first place I checked, there's like seven alligators. And the biggest one was the only one that could be perfect. So those other mm. six were absolutely worthless. And that's the same across the board when hunting. I'm like, all right. I I went into an area and I'm like, all right, there's supposed to be squirrels here. I saw maybe two squirrels and they were both one star. I'm like, mm. all right, I'm not, not even going to bother shooting them because I don't need anything from them. Their meat is, you know, essentially worthless as well. So mm. I'll just kill something else. I ran across some other animals that were more profitable than that. Um, so... All right, I find, I like, talking about the alligator. I go get the alligator. Alligators are, uh, there's two different types of uh, hides, if you will, that are uh, pelts that you can really deal with. There's smaller ones, and then there's big ones. Um, the smaller ones just kind of get placed on the back of your horse, and they stack. You know, like rabbit hides or pellets rather uh -huh. you can stack up you know 20 of them on the back of your horse and you're fine uh something big like uh the alligator uh I, and i'm trying to remember if the alligator actually does it It might not but just as an example in this case we'll say it does um <coughs> it's a much larger hide Excuse and it me. like you know i'll use the elk because the elk it's a much larger hide and you do the antlers in your little bundle thing kind of thing so you're, that is not stackable on the back. So you kind of lay that over uh, the back of the horse. And you can't put anything else there other than the smaller hides, which can get shoved underneath it, which is nice. I like that they don't force you to not have one or the other. You are able to still put smaller ones on there um, with uh, something taking up the back. Um, but until you go turn in that big hide, you can't store anything else on the back, so you have to go immediately back or not hunt anything else that size. And if you're not near the camp, you have to go to the nearest place to fast travel, fast travel to the nearest place to the camp, because you can't fast travel back to the camp. You can just go to whatever city's closest and then ride the horse out there. Um, and, oh, by the way, animal bodies will decompose um, over time. So... I had a perfect, I think it was a one of the deer type animals. And I actually needed the, the carcass of it, not just the hide. Because um, the hides, at least the small ones, don't decompose. And I don't think the big ones do either. It's just the actual body with the meat that decomposes. Um, but I was headed back. Not I got detoured a couple of times by other animals, but not a whole lot. And... At one point, it's like, hey, the body's going to start about to start decomposing that you have, you know, and it's going to lower the quality. I'm like, all right, well, I'll head back. And thankfully, I got back in time. But it's like after all that effort to get that carcass, now it's going to decompose on me um, because it takes so long to get back to camp. Um, it's a little frustrating because there are legendary animals in the game and you can take those pelts to any trapper. Um, 
on the map and sell it, and then that's available for, available to use for crafting and whatever legendary items it unlocks. So it's kind of like, well, you have it for the legendary stuff, but not the regular, so why not? Um, mm. well. And it's I was reading something that actually said if you lose a legendary high, say you die and you respawn without it, um, it takes it to a tracker for for you. So hmm. you don't even have to go back. You can just die and you know save yourself a trip. <laughs> wow! <laughs> he kills a legendary animal. He just puts the pistol in his mouth right afterwards. It's like I gotta make sure this goes to the tracker. Yeah. Bam! <laughs> so I've and I've only killed one legendary animal. It's kind of story based. Um, I mm-hmm. haven't gone after any of the other ones because I haven't really cared about doing that. You run across um, any Bigfoot? No. Damn. I, I had know, Bigfoot sorry. in the, uh, kind of a uh, inside joke rock star had uh, GTA San Andreas had this little stretch of woods. People swore up and down on the internet that they'd seen Bigfoot there. They had like doctored photos. It was, it was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so in the original Red Dead, they, uh, they put in a Bigfoot reference. Yep. <laughs> and gotcha. uh, I was wondering if there were any of them left. I don't know. Because I mean, it's I've a only... prequel, right? I have and no actually, idea. Actually, yeah. I believe Red Dead Redemption 2 is the prequel to the, to right. the original. Spoilers for the original Red Dead. You, uh, you kind of extinct them. I'm asking them. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sad actually. Comes up to you oh. like we're people. We're just trying to live. You killed my entire family. And you're like oh and oh well go, shit. Let's go, bub. And you whip your claws out. And yeah, you lasso him, bring him back, sell him to the circus. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there were. I've only been to like. Let me rephrase. I've passed through like seventy percent of the map probably there's a whole region i haven't even been to um yeah i didn't even know it was a thing until i was looking at the animal map and it's like yeah down here and i'm like i didn't even know that existed because that's like <laughs> past the place you can't go to from the start of the game and i probably can't go to till after the game's over so i'm like oh i guess i could go around it which i did partially uh just a little bit to the west to get the beavers but I'm like, you're telling me there's something all the way down there in that direction, not just, you know, the red zone I can't go in or get shot. Um, okay. So, so much more to the map than I've been to, and there's corners I haven't been to and stuff like that for various reasons. Um, yeah. Mostly because I'm tired of riding the horse around. <laughs> well, get off and walk. You get 100% oh, this Jesus. game. So, I'm I'm torn on the 100%ing thing because I don't know how feasible the online trophies are going to be. And yeah. it's one of those games where that's part of the platinum. Mm, so man, to 100% the game, I have to do the online. So I may not 100% this. I may just do most of the single player stuff. Maybe all the single player stuff. We'll see. Um, but... I, mean, I know I you had kind of a bad impression of it before, but yeah. I mean, is it growing on you? No, 
No. It's still, <laughs> it, it's not a bad game. I mean, I, I think I tried to make that clear last week, and I'll do it again this week. It's not a bad game at all. It's just about a year late. It's yeah. not doing anything really innovative. It's It's got some cool moments. I mean, the story I like, it's not groundbreaking in pretty much any way. Um, and it's a lot of tediousness, you know. The traveling, it just gets more and more miserable. Every time I have to ride my horse somewhere and I can't fast travel. Um, it's, and there's a lot of, it, it's, it's even, let me start over. It's made even more frustrating when a cutscene takes me halfway across the map. Ooh. Wow. And then I'm like, why in this one spot did you do this for me, but not the 50 hours I've spent riding this <laughs> stupid horse in the middle of nowhere? Why? Man. God. I, I love that the- it jumps me, but do yeah. it more just again with a very very broad pseudo eagle eye look at this game not having played it at all i've gotten the impression of yeah they they've scaled things back and they've made they've added cumbersome moments in this game but they don't let up on it that's the part that aggravates me you know, even in general gaming progression, if you want me to slowly trudge my way from point A to point B, I get it. B to C, okay. C to D. So when I get to around G or H, it's time for you to start adding some fast travels. <laughs> it's time yeah. for you to start adding some conveniences to my hunting, my traveling, my gathering, my marking, and all that. When I get down to, you know, PQRS, I need to be able to do just fluid through this game do not have me still basically walking on foot pace yeah. when i'm so far into the game you know that's just general progression i get what you're going for with it being a cowboy simulator but <sighs> yeah still it was so a video game man. it was so frustrating at the point where you, you upgrade the camp and one of the upgrades will actually give you a map and the map allows you to fast travel while you're in camp but it's one way. You can't fast yeah. travel back to the camp. So it's like mm. you you go to unlock and you're like, oh, more fast travel. Okay, well, okay, let's let's go. I go check the map and it has all these locations you can't fast travel to from the carriage or train. Like there's this manor that part of the story takes place and you can fast travel there after you've unlocked it. Um carriage and train won't take you there so it's so much more convenient you know to get to these out of the way places but once i'm there all right five to ten minute ride back to another fast travel point just to get back to camp so it's it's i would understand if it was consistent but it's not it's like okay here's a little bit of fast travel here's a little bit more here's a lot from your camp and then nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so frustrating. And um, <laughs> the the encounters along the way, I think I've pretty much seen most of what I'm going to see. Uh, there are a couple that are continuous, and they seem to keep progressing. Uh, like there's this blind man you occasionally run into, and you can give him money. And when you do, he'll say something to you. And 
each time has been different. It seems to be based on where you are in the story, um, which is interesting. Uh, I ran into one of the snake bite guys, but it was one of the ones I'd already talked to because I walk up and I hear him complaining. I'm like, and you know, uh, what's his name? It's like, uh, Arthur Morgan is like, really again? And he's like, yeah, help me help. And you're like, all right, fine. Uh, I'll uh, suck the poison out. Nope, still didn't suck it out. Still gave him a health <laughs> potion. Uh, he can die for all I care. Damn. Uh, there was, speaking of dying, so <laughs> there was a situation where the guy uh, had his leg stuck in a bear trap. I've seen this one before. There's a different guy, same thing. Another one that was repeating one step. It's like, okay, great. I was so mm-hmm. uninterested in it that I looked away after hitting one of the buttons, and I looked back just in time to hear him say, what are you doing? And the bear trap to snap shut back on his leg um, because I wasn't <laughs> button mashing. What? Because you have to tap triangle or whatever button to open the trap, you know, do the little strength mini game. And I looked away right as it started, I guess. And I looked back and I'm, I started pressing the button and it clamped shut. And he's like, why? Why did you do this to... Uh, and falls over dead uh, from blood loss. I was like, oops. <laughs> the hero of the day, Chris himself. Uh, I... I murdered a couple people on accident again, um, riding my horse through town because now, we've talked I, about I, this in therapy. <laughs> I've, as I've mentioned, I'm tired <laughs> of riding my horse around. So every time I ride my horse, I do so at a full, as fast as I can go gallop through the countryside. That's usually fine. Understandable. I do it through the city. <laughs> Well, normally people jump out of your way, you know, like Assassin's Creed style. They're like, hey, what are you doing? Get out of your way. Every once in a while, an idiot NPC will jump into your way. Um, so I was like, oh, oops, I just murdered a lady because she <laughs> jumped under my horse. Um, I also accidentally murdered a cop that way uh, on accident. I like barely bumped him. Uh, but he died and all of a sudden I'm wanted for murder. Uh, yep. it was ridiculous. I've had a couple other instances like that where it's just ridiculous. Um, I bumped into a cop, not even on my horse, just on foot. And he just got set off and all of a sudden I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to die because I got this crazy wanted level in the middle of a mission too. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to die and go to the last checkpoint. <laughs> <laughs> And typically, when you get a wanted level in a mission, it instantly fails you. So, wow. Well, that's right. so. I want to do a want to do a really quick podcast note here. If, uh, voice is going to get low and quiet. It's all whispery. It's not just for our topic for today, but it's also because uh, my lovely wife has to work in the morning. So I'm trying to be as quiet as I can, audience. So this is just for you. <laughs> Um, Chris, my main question right now, yeah. the fact that you've played this, I think this is the second week you've had it and played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, game's still retail price, man. Still 65 something dollars. Would you recommend this game? And if you do, who do you recommend it to? Um, I wouldn't recommend it at full price right now. 
Uh, this story is decent, but it's not. It's got too many issues. I yeah. mean, they need to fix some yeah. quality of life stuff, um, especially travel related. I mean, it's it's such a grind, and it's not a pleasant grind at all. Yeah. Um, I I was expecting you to ask me if I was gonna if I was having fun with the game. Um, that's one of your so usual you questions. Fun with the game. <laughs> Not really. Um, out when I'm not <laughs> doing a story that, mission, you know? when I'm not like actually in the middle of a mission, a gunfight or something, you know, I'm like, nah, I'm just, I'm probably watching a video on the side while I'm riding somewhere and I'm not enjoying it in the least. Yeah. This is, this is, this is a key difference right here. When I talk about Persona 5, uh, just using Persona 5 as one example. There are many games that, that fall in the same category, but I put a lot of hours in that game. A lot of those hours were grindy hours. A lot of those hours were me going back and forth through mementos, going back and forth through palaces, but I still had fun doing it. I don't know mm-hmm. why, because even after so many hours of playing that game, those battles are going to start becoming the same as well. You're going to find a weakness. You're going to exploit the weakness. You're going to drop them. You're going to use an all-out attack or talk, and you're going to move on with life, and you're going to repeat that 70 more times on the next floor. Uh-huh. And even though I did that, I guess the style and the way the game was, it had so much more to offer that even though I was grinding in the literal RPG sense of the origination of the word, uh, the origin of the word grinding I was grinding but I had fun this game it seems like it's such a slow pace it's it's designed to where it forces you to grind and it says hey hey Chris but look we have these sweeping vistas of mountain air and, and treetops and, and foliage and it's a, it's a pretty thing mm-hmm. and I think eventually it still gets to where it's like yeah dude it's pretty to look at I get it you're still making me grind for things I don't feel like I should be grinding for and that yeah. makes it that makes it work and now I'm not having as much fun with the work one of the big things as far as the grind type mentality goes, it's is it productive grinding? Yeah. Riding the horse around is not contributing to anything at all. Mm-hmm. I'm literally wasting time. You know, grinding out personas? Sure. Did it take some time? Yeah. Was it the funnest thing? No. But it was still mm-hmm. enjoyable because I was getting new things i was filling out the compendium i was unlocking trophies and doing other things in between so I'm, it didn't feel like all right well i'm not accomplishing anything i'm not sinking this time in for no reason yeah whereas riding the horse around everywhere in red dead 2 it's like all right i have spent 50 hours 52 and a half hours in this game now for probably 10 hours of gameplay I feel like the horse riding itself really just personifies the problem. You know, if the first time that you have to ride for, and I'm pulling numbers as always, the first time that you know you're going from point A to point B and that ride is going to take you 15 minutes, you're like, okay, hey, that's all right because this is a fresh game, you know, fresh terrain. This is this Wild West cowboy sense. All right. It's, you know, okay. I'm, I'm feeling it. I feel it horse has good animation i'm seeing i'm seeing the world okay cool and then you get to point b and it says okay now go from point b to point c this is a 20 minute ride all right okay still kind of new getting it and then hour you know 20 when it's like all right from point f to point nine 
that's you're looking at another 15 minute ride. You're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll just fucking backtrack to the same fucking mountain area I just saw. And I, I can, I'd really like to just get there faster. <laughs> like I'm, I'm over, I'm over what you were trying to sell to me. And I mean, now it, I just it isn't like the they, game. they haven't made horse based games before. I can think of yeah. the Witcher. I can think of, uh, metal gear and they've all done horse-based travel before it's not a new concept yeah Yeah. i think that what what should have happened here is that if you want to because again i'm just talking about brandon jones as an example there's an audience out there that says hey man i'm absolutely taking the fucking time out of this game and i'm enjoying it because i like doing this slow pace thing cool awesome but have the option there for people to make it faster. Have the options there to make it convenient. It's mm-hmm. it's still a video game, man. If you're trying to make this thing a completely immersive experience, I get it. But there's other games in your own wheelhouse and around you that have also done that. And it still went, hey, people are going to want to do things a little bit quicker. They're going to want more convenience. Let's give them that, you know. Why they designed, why they chose to design it this way. I don't know. I could understand yeah. if this was a hardcore sim, like Arma, you know? Yeah. Arma yeah, Arma too, is yeah. like, it's nothing to walk 20 minutes in Arma to get to somewhere. Mm. You know? And it's like the most monotonous walk ever in Arma to get somewhere. Mm. Uh, but in a supposed action game, you can't have big breaks like that. Yeah. The, yeah. the target audience doesn't have the attention span. That that reminds me. Uh, we were talking about the. Uh, God, I just went blank on it. The the special vision for shooting your gun. Uh, Dead eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how that meter, um, as you progress through, you know, you eventually can use it longer and longer. Well, you have to scale it up. And I realized that uh, there are two reasons why uh, mine wasn't progressing very much. First, I'm playing the honorable cowboy uh, mm-hmm. outlaw. So my honor bar actually maxed out a couple of days ago. Finally got the achievement for being one of the extremes. So I'm not going around using my gun a lot. I'm using it for story. For what little animals I hunted. And that's it. So I wasn't killing random people. And that really limits. Being honorable limits what you use your gun for. So I wasn't getting all those skill ups. That you know. If you're playing anything other than purely honorable. You're going to get. The other thing is. I wasn't hunting at all. For most of the game. Um, hmm. And hunting is a big way to increase your skill up because Deadeye also kind of ties into survival. So, like, when you cook an animal, that also counts towards it because that's, you know, a survival type thing. Uh, hmm. So, because I wasn't hunting, I wasn't getting I got, like, halfway through my current level today while tracking stuff and while doing hunting stuff. So, my bar will get a little bit bigger soon. Well, that's good. I think, I think there are ten levels per skill, and um, I think I'm fifty percent through level eight 
meaning I don't think I've unlocked eight yet. I'm 50% towards earning eight, I should say. Um, and a lot of that has come from the last bit of story because people have talked about how the story picks up and it absolutely does. Um, chapter five, it is, you're just, you're forced. You almost literally can't do anything but story for a while, which is good. It was a great experience because I was actually seeing all these, these different places. I didn't have to travel very far. I didn't even have my horse with me. Spoiler alert, you don't always have access to your horse. So I was literally walking, but things were so close. It's like, okay, yeah, action, walk, 30 seconds to a minute, action, cutscene, action, cutscene, action. All right, I'm back to my horse. I got to ride 20 minutes. All right. <laughs> uh, I think I'll probably beat the game this weekend. Um, as much as I want to upgrade equipment, which is something I almost always do in games first. I'm like, all right, what do I need to do? Upgrade my equipment because I like having more inventory, etc. But this one, I'm like, now nah, I'll live without. The hunting is so miserable. I'm, I'm not going to bother. And then after today, spending three and a half hours and essentially accomplishing nothing but a couple, couple of camp decorations. I'm like, all right, I'll just beat the game and then come back to it, I guess. Mm. That's, that's I'll probably, disappointing to hear. Yeah, I'll probably beat the game this weekend just to get it out of the way. Um, so I don't have to be rushed when uh, Fallout comes out next week. Um... I think that's enough red dead i think i beat that horse to death um pun sound intended. Like it sounds like you need to beat it harder to get it to run faster my god i my <laughs> horse has gone through hell um i have to actually check and see if the horse is maxed out because this the bar around the core is not a full circle but it's not going up anymore i think i might have maxed out the horse and it's just not it doesn't max out at 10 out of 10 you know it's like Nine out of ten, and the horse is maxed out. Horse. I mean, I I think it's one of the best in the game. Uh, keep it um, away from trains. Yeah, my one that died was able to max out health, or uh, yeah, health, but not stamina. This one's balanced, so both are at nine. Um, I'm not sure if there's some sort of limit on how good a horse can be, but I think the one, what I have is go ahead. Oh no, no, if I go ahead. Uh, I think what I have is considered an end game type horse because it didn't uh, even unlock until recently. One question I do have before we sure. leave the Red Dead Redemption 2 train. Okay. Uh, I remember at the beginning of this whole Red Dead talk tonight, you said that you, you said the percentage of the game you were through, but you said you were percent. Uh, you were through the story percentage. Does this game differentiate between like game whole percentage and story percentage? Yes. Are they two separate enemies? Okay. Yes. Okay. And it's it's actually interesting because um, last week when I reported, um, I was at forty four percent story and forty five percent overall. But now I didn't write down my overall, but my story. At 76%, but I believe the overall is probably like 74%. So it's actually flipped to where I'm now less overall than I am through the story. Um, so it's interesting, and that's going to be, you know, more disparity as I finish the story. Uh, but it's interesting how distinct that was um, compared to other games have been. Yeah, you rocketed through the story, basically, and caught yeah. up to your percentage really quick. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I gained 32% story since last week. <laughs> wow. Um, it's, and about, like I said, I expect to be able to be this weekend. It kind of, like I said, it forces you to go story to story at a certain point. Um, so, like, chapters four and five were really quick. But I've been on six for, like, eight hours. Not Well, not counting my hunting, probably four hours. Um, some of that's because I'm doing side quests as I go. Um, and like I said, the other chapters, you didn't really have side quests to do. Uh, but it just depends on how quick you want to push through. And because of how uh, relational certain places are to the quests that are there and what's going on in the story, I don't want to push through the story too fast and uh, skip or make certain side quests undoable. Um I actually got lucky. There was one side quest where I moved on and I didn't realize the camp was going to move. So I was like, oh, well, that NPC that wanted me to do this thing wasn't there anymore. I guess I missed out on that. Um, but I get to the next camp and the the they actually bum rush, rush me and they're like, hey, you didn't do the side quest. I'm like, my bad. I guess we'll go do it now. Sure. <laughs> so... It seems like certain side quests, even though they're optional uh, or they're marked as optional, the story really, really, really wants you to do it. Um, and they will have the NPCs literally nag you until you go do it. You know what that reminds me of? Grand Theft Auto 3, or not 3, 4, where Nico would have somebody call him every 15 minutes to go bowling or to go to the <laughs> yeah. bar or go play. Yeah. yeah, essentially. Rockstar has essentially. A, <coughs> Rockstar has some kind of issues where they think they've got to be throwing stuff in your face all the time. I thought they'd gotten over it with Grand Theft Auto V, but it seems they've relapsed. Talking about the comparison to GTA V and stuff, uh, I that reminds me of one more thing I'll mention about the game before I move on. Um, and... GTA 5, watching the speedruns of it, I've learned that if your character looks away, you know, cars will despawn and stuff, or spawn while you're looking away. So if you turn, look back, turn, look back, things will change instantly. Um, I actually experienced that today in Red Dead. So that same sort of it's spawning where you're not looking, which is, you know, fairly typical for games anyway. But it's so obvious. So I put out some bait hunting beavers at the moment still, like I was saying. And I'm looking around to see if there's anything around me, checking the wind, doing all that stupid stuff. And I look and I'm like, oh, there's a beaver. I'm like, all right, where's my horse? I turn, look for my horse um, and turn back. And there's two beavers now. <laughs> the first one is exactly where it was, but it spawned another beaver when I looked away. So I was like, oh, I see how this works. So next time <laughs> I have an animal I'm tracking, I'm just going to keep turning and looking back until you know there's more than one. Because <laughs> um, sure enough, one of them was perfect, one of them was not. Six so, legendary beavers appear. Yeah, right? So it's it's interesting to see the things that carry over from game to game um, and where it applies like that. Um, it just it was so amusing to me when that happened. So helpful, too, now that I know that. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, so that was it for Red Dead. Um, I didn't play any other games, um, but kind of going backwards, normally talk about non-game stuff first. Um, but uh, I've been doing a lot of coding this week. Um, I wrapped up the thing I was working on uh, for the uh, GTA uh, roleplay community I'm a big fan of. Uh, I say wrap up. I did the initial prototype was done to the point where I was able to make a demo video, and uh, and stuff like that. Uh, Sent off to you know one of the actual devs for the server and stuff, and they liked it. So that's good news. <laughs> that means my time wasn't wasted. Um, not sure how long before they even consider implementing anything yet, but it was nice to. Uh, it was nice to kind of get that feedback and, you know, make that progress. Kind of hit that milestone in the coding where it's like, yeah, I have a product. <laughs> it's not yep. polished, but I have something to show you. Yep. Um, uh, just in the last couple of days, I actually uh, uh, started, I, and it's really easy. I uh, went and learned how to make Discord bots. Uh, so Adam, that's why you saw a bot pop into my, my channel or my server on discord, uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. I was wondering what the fuck was going on with that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to use it in the channel. I don't really have a need for it, but I created a testing channel and had some command testing type stuff going I on. I thought in the there. machines had finally gotten to you. Yeah. I mean, you think the hint that it had, you know, my profile name with bot after it but was a giveaway um that is something i was doing but you know <laughs> no no i figured that uh they'd finally replaced you yeah sure um but yeah so that it's it's very amazing how easy it was for me to get that set up i mean all told i probably spent an hour and I had the basic functioning bought up. The rest of it was coding in the logic I wanted it to process after that. You know, which commands do I want? What do I want it to do in response? You know, doing variables and all that tracking. That was it. And it was running. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything else other than that. Yeah. Well, What'd you get up to, you, Adam? Yeah, there you go, Adam. Follow all, follow us up. Okay. Uh, didn't do nothing. My week's over. All right. So oh, moving oh, on. Oh man, I uh, I wrapped up Xeno Gears. I know I told y'all I started it way back when. Yeah. Wow. I finally just beat it again. Shows you how long I pill padded around on a game. <clears throat> I want to hear long diatrides of you know having played through this game multiple times and especially playing it now in your you know in older time of your life. I'd love to hear some good Xeno Gears review from you. A good Xeno Gears review. Uh, do we have five more hours? Or y'all got to go to bed at some point. (laughs) We got some, we got, we got some time to go, you know. Uh, Oh, what would you like to know about? Just a general review or you got specific questions or. 
I mean, again, the, the 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 big thing that's sticking to me right now is the fact that I I know, and I'm, I think you've mentioned it on the, on previous episodes that I mean you you love Xenogears. Yes. You know you've played you've played this game multiple times. This is a this is this is SquareSoft back in its SquareSoft heyday, folks. We're talking good times. The the good fifty to eighty hour RPG time frames. Yep. Uh, multiple discs on on the PlayStation era. You know SquareSoft in full fucking flex mode. Okay. So this is definitely a game that's that's up there in the echelon of RPGs. So Adam loves this game. He's played it multiple times. So. As of this recording, I mean you're you're in your early thirties. You've played. I'm assuming you played this game in your early teens. To start with. Yeah, uh, 1998. So yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That was only so, twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, aside aside from Xenogears having a, I mean, God. Zero gas. Uh, the the story alone, setting that aside, talking about just broad strokes here. You the game that you first played back in the in the late nineties, comparing that to what you just played recently, what has changed in your opinion? Like, what have you picked up that you didn't pick up back then? What what aspects have have amplified? What amp, what aspects have you just glossed over? Like, how much has this game changed for you well, in these one, past twenty years? One of the things I've noticed is, and this is a a good thing and kind of a bad thing, is Zero Gears came at a time where Square was in its heyday, obviously, uh, but they were also in the middle of like an identity crisis. <laughs> I want to say because it seemed like every single fucking RPG that came out was like, "Let's try a wacky new battle system." Oh um, yeah, and I remember thinking, uh, "Well, it, it just kind of." popped into my head while I was in random combat and um, I was like where did they come up with this idea that it'd just be like button presses and then you'd have this thing just gradually chain out into combos and then I started thinking back about other games that it came out uh, uh, Legend of Lagoon or was it Legend of Lagaya I can't remember but there were other I mean uh, you had uh the guy was the one that had the uh, like almost fighting game yeah. combo button. Yeah, you yeah. Would, you'd have like a string. You push up and left and down and right. And yeah, it would, yeah. And yeah. then uh, there was Vagrant Story had kind of a cool uh, little different yep, type yep. of you know. And I, I was had just like going back through all these different and, like yeah. you know. I was thinking like that period from 1995 till about 2000, they were just experimenting. You know, it was just like this giant mm-hmm. laboratory of let's try all these different combinations and and let's try new things kind of deal. Um, it, it you know that that's one of the things that kind of stuck out to me during this playthrough is like okay, well where where the heck did all this crap come from? You know, where they was there just a and I, I still don't have the answer for this, but was there just like a designer there that was like oh, I want to try something new? Or was this a bunch of old veterans, like, you know, 
bouncing ideas off the wall. Like where's, you know, they're all just sitting in a room. They keep tossing each other the tennis ball and the guy with the tennis ball is like, here's an idea. Let's make this thing a combo system. And he tosses it to the next guy. And he's like, yeah, and each, each button on the controller will do a different move. And he tosses the ball to the next guy. And he's like, yeah, and we're going to, we're going to make it. To where you have this many points to do this thing. And then he tosses the next one. And he's like, oh, yeah. And if you chain them into certain combinations, then they'll do like a super attack. And then he tosses it to the next guy. And, oh, yeah. Now they'll have elemental stuff when they get later on. The other guy's like, and we're all going to do it with mechs. <laughs> yeah. Everybody says that 12 is really good. That they love it. They're just like, I love that game. It's so awesome. And I'm just, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Adam, have you heard my recollections of 12? No, I have not. All right, so here's what I remember of 12. I found a picture one day taken with a webcam, all right, of my TV screen. I'd hit some outrageous combo number. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the systems, I don't even remember the system. All I remember is a single screenshot. I know nothing else about the game anymore. Good job. I beat it. But that's, that's what I remember, I remember about Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? you know what I remember about Final Fantasy Nine is that I quit on the final save point. Hey, me too. <laughs> I quit on the final save point. Another friend came over. I was discussing that I had received the final summon. Cause I went through all the crap to beat Ozma and all that other stuff. Oh god. <laughs> so I went through all this crap doing all the side quests. Did the chocobo digging and all that crap. And I got to the final save point and just quit. Was discussing this with a friend who was over at my house. He's like, oh, let me see the summon. And I was like, oh, sure, here you go. Get in a fight, press X, summon the damn thing, put the controller down, walk out of the room, go make a sandwich, pour myself a glass of tea, drink half the glass of tea, (laughs) fill the glass of tea back up, come back in there, the summon's halfway over with. Okay. I don't know if you remember how long Ark was, but it was like eight minutes. Okay. So, yeah. Good luck. After he watched that entire thing, he's like, oh, well, what'd you think about the end of the game? I was like, I never saw the end of the game. This is the end of the game as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and he's like, really? I'll beat it for you. And I was like, knock yourself right the fuck out. Uh, so, yeah, it was what it was, but. Final Fantasy, at that low point, you know, Final Fantasy VIII was abysmal to me. Final Fantasy IX was meh. Final Fantasy X was more meh and a lot of cringe. And at that point, that's when I knew I was out. And then ten two came out and did nothing but validate what I'd said. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I was like, yep, okay. And then they made an MMO, and I was like, yep. And they made another game. And everybody's like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, I, I refuse. Then they made another game. And everybody said it was crap. And I was like, yep. <laughs> then they made another game. And everybody said it was crap. And then they fixed it. And then people stopped saying it was crap. But it's still crap to me. <laughs> they've made another game. And they've only halfway fulfilled their promises on it. Good track record. That, that's where I'm at is Final Fantasy Auto Series. I'm like, man, you know, you know what? They, the hits don't stop coming. It's so fucking weird and sad when you look back at the fucking legacy 
Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII, and then they just went downhill. And look, I understand, okay? Not every fucking company out there is going to produce a 10 out of 10 all the time. They're going to do a 10, and the next one may be a 9, and then maybe 8.5, but then they learn some lessons, get back up to a 9, and then for some reason drop a 4. Everybody's like, hey, you, whoa. And they're like, we're bad, our bad, sorry about that, 9.5 back at you. This company, specifically the Final Fantasy franchise, not only has went down, it's just went in a fucking, it's went in so many directions. Well, I can tell you what's happened. I can tell you exactly what happened. Square merged with uh, Enix and became Squeenix, Square Enix. And uh, at that moment, what happened was Enix is wearing the skin of Squaresoft now. Like Leatherface, and they're going around masquerading as SquareSoft and using their properties, just whoring them out. They've got Final Fantasy on a or Final Fantasy Seven specifically on a chain, because that's when you started seeing this dirge of Cerberus crap and the twenty thousand other let's rehash these games things come out. You start seeing all what the moment they put a sequel out, the series was dead. It's to me, it's, at least. It's further sad to me just bringing that point up. Uh, I promise you, folks, we're not going to turn this into a square bash. Oh, so oh, I am. We just this is we just have to get this out when it comes up. You would think in your mind when somebody comes to you and tells you, "Hey, guess what." You know that fucking Titan RPG company, Squaresoft? Yeah. You know that other mammoth fucking RPG company, uh, uh, Enix? Wait, those are the Dragon Quest? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, what's going on? Yeah, they're coming together. What? That's like the perfect fucking RPG storm. That should be flawless. That should. That's too gigantic RPG we know how this is done companies merging together it should have been it should have been just I mean just a, a the problem is, is that what made them good and it has not been was com- comp you know the competition between them like trying to outdo each other now it's just shit out content there's a bunch of like I imagine like there's a bunch of programmers hunched over computers while some dude stands on a podium with a bullwhip. Man, and I- you know, that's a good fucking point. If you think about it, what? So let's look at two separate games. Mind you, I haven't played either one of these, but I've seen quick looks and gameplays for both. Look at Final Fantasy 15 and look at what's the latest Dragon Warrior, Chris? Is it 11? I think it's 11. No, I want to say it's 11. 476. Uh, I want to say it's 11, maybe 12, I don't know. Let's say the newest 2018 Dragon Warrior. I don't see anything square in that Dragon Warrior. Furthermore, I don't see anything Dragon Quest related in Final Fantasy 15. These two companies are together. Now, maybe in my ignorant brain, that's just not the way that's just not the way it's supposed to be. I'm just dumb, but I would think that if these two mammoth companies are coming together to make content they should be helping each other if if not helping if they don't feel they need help this is they should all be putting their ideas guys what can we do to make a new thing what can square 
Enix do to make a new Square Enix property that is a RPG Marvel and Masterpiece instead of hey we're Square Enix I'm still making Dragon Quest and I'm well, and I'm still making Final uh, Fantasy just so you just so you understand where I'm at as far as Square even though I've made that abundantly clear um when you look at Square and you go okay well what do people like about Square Games? And people go, man, we really would like you to redo Final Fantasy VII. Look how long it took for them to say that they were going to attempt it. And look how long mm-hmm. it's taking for it to come out. Yep. People said, man, we really would like another Chrono Trigger. And then they shit out that thing. That one thing. Yep. And mm-hmm. they go back and they retcon. And people go, you know what? This wasn't the Chrono Trigger we wanted. Try again. And they go, well, we're done with it. Then somebody Mm -hmm. goes back and they proceed (laughs) to remaster their own damn game for them. And they give them a cease and desist. And just Mm -hmm. say, meh, we'll just leave this where it is. There's a whole bunch of hype build up around this. We probably could have released it and made a couple million dollars. But we're not going to give the fans what they want. We're interested... It, it reminds me of someone that's just, it, it, they don't have any, uh, what do you say, a mass appeal, and they yeah. want to do their own thing, they don't want to do what's popular at all, and it's to their detriment. I can understand doing that to an extent, but you got to put some of that stuff in there that people want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when you've got a hold of all these iconic things, and they're like, "We mm-hmm. want more of that stuff," and you, you just kind of, the stuff you put out is, just, you know, it's either minimal effort trash or it's, you know, something that's just made to be, I don't know, a quick cash grab. That's why when I look at stuff like Dirge of Cerberus. And um, I heard Crisis Core was pretty good, actually. actually you know, good. you can't buy Crisis Core anymore. Yeah. 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 I, you know, try to find that on the Square's website. They sell games for the PS2 still. Boxed copies. You can order them online from freaking Squaresoft. You can't get freaking Crisis Core anywhere. Sad. Well, now that we've fully established that uh, Adam loves Final Fantasy VIII. So let's, start, let's try to steer this train now, back. Now that on. we've did, you know, turned totally. this podcast into a house of lies. <laughs> so, going, getting back to, you know, playing Xenogears again 20 years later. Ah, yes. And difference, differences and likes and dislikes. Like, this, this, this is so another thing. They fucked up the second half of Xenogears. They refused yes, they to did. fix it. Yeah, and that's that's they have no fucking excuse these days. Come on, uh, come on, God, man. So, Zeno Gears, twenty years later, continue. Twenty years later, I can tell you that for one, I still understand the story. <laughs> Yay! I consider that an achievement. Um, that is that is very good. Two, I still like the combat. The combat is still fun. Uh, the 3D graphics getting a little dated, but they're cartoony enough to where it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there some of the effects are oh my god, you could tell they were PS one. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh mm-hmm. no. You look at it and you're like, yeah, yeah, all right. I could I could do without seeing that ever again. So I don't cast any magic. You know, <laughs> if you're if you're in the gear, just I mean the magic is completely worthless anyway. Don't yeah. use it. So they say they have this other amplifier on there, but it ends up doing like six freaking damage, unless you have like an end game modifier on it. In which case, why did you do that? So other than like really small stuff like that, just taking a look at how the game is done uh, from a gameplay perspective, having. You know, the 2D sprites on 3D environments and running around and being able to turn the camera and find little hidden secrets and nooks and crannies and stuff like that. Not to mention Mm -hmm. the the three-dimensional aspect of it because you could jump and you could platform a little bit in the game, which was a blessing and a curse later on. Uh, You know, there was a lot to be found and discovered and, and checked out in the game. Also, the combat was very good. So, a gameplay perspective, it's still a 10 out of 10. Um, Let me me ask this. Let me ask this. mm -hmm. And be honest. Be completely honest. I'm not saying you ever aren't, but... Okay. How much... So, you still put this game up there. I do. In your... your, This is my book. This is Adam's book. I say this game is fucking great. Yep. After playing that now, again, for probably the, the 20th time, 20 years later, how much of that is just uh, I just I just love the game leave me alone and how much is no 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 this game is engineered and designed f- damn near flawlessly there and we're not going to talk about the second disc yeah, the second disc is obviously just, uh, it is what it is it's like yep nope we ran out of room exposition time and anybody that's in you know knows the story knows what's going on with that well, um, let me let me do let me do let me do a quick one, okay? For any for any anime fans out there that are that just for like that are Adam, I don't get this. What do you mean the second disc? What's the problem? Let me tell y'all what the problem is. You remember a little anime called Neon Genesis Evangelion? Okay, remember how I went to uh, Evangelion? Sorry, remember how I got to the twenty fourth episode and you were like, "Man, this episode's this show's so fucking good." Episode twenty five and twenty six came out and you were like, "What in the?" F- fuck was that and then a couple years later they came out with a movie one and two and the one and two movie gave you the ending and uh, wrapped everything up and and explained everything and it, it just gave you a bow okay imagine 25 and 26 happened and then you were just left just fuck it so you're scratching your head the last like I don't know three uh, a quarter if not a third of Xenogears and you're like okay I'll just take this because this is what I have there must be a sequel or a wrap up or a DLC or something nope take what you got and it is solely to do with stupid shit just like Evangelion, fucking budgeting, money, uh, con- constraints, inner inner turmoil within Square, just a bunch of fucking bullshit. And you're dealt. You just you just have what you have. You just have to live with it. Yep. Because as Adam mentioned earlier, nope, no remaster and no fucking sequel. So correct. Ugh. That's such a good comparison. It yeah. is, and the fact that 
And what makes it ironic is Xenogears is heavily influenced from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Heavily influenced, even down to the ending. Yep. Yep. Both literally and figuratively. So I didn't mean to cut you off, Adam. No. I'm so sorry. So, tw- so, so twenty years later, the game love. Okay, uh, so gameplay, love, gameplay is game gameplay is, holds is up. Gameplay is still awesome. Uh, the systems, uh, the death blow system. I can see some minor improvements that could be done. It would be nice to have a little more knowledge on how many more times you needed to do an animation to unlock a death blow. Uh, but without uh, if you didn't know what you were doing I could see a person fumbling around with that a lot if they had a little bit more of a metric to keep track of how many times you've done X animation in order to unlock new death blows that would be fun me I know what they are so I just spam them <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's comes from playing the yeah. game for 20 freaking years. If you need help, give me a call. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> um, looking at it from a directorial uh, thing, the you can tell by the way the scenes are edited and the the camera angles and uh, you know, there there's just little touches that they added all throughout the game that give it so much personality. Uh, you meet with the captain of the Thames, and he has like this this phrase that he says every time you meet him. And he's like, men, and he looks at this, you know, camera and it shakes and he goes, and then he turns, you know, uh, 90 degrees and he goes, of the sea, and he points that way, and the camera whips around and it shakes even harder. And he says, never say die, and he turns another, you know, 90 degrees, and the, sh- the screen just shakes even more, and you get this real sense of what his personality is like mm-hmm. you know they could have just wrote that in one little text box pop up but instead they added the animations and they added the the sound effects that just drive that home uh, things like uh watching the different uh, angles of things taking place uh, mm-hmm. for when it you first appears early on too yeah, yeah. For when Id first appears and you have Faye in the cockpit and he's, you know, he's trying to figure out what the heck is going on and it's cutting back and forth between cutscenes and it goes back to him and then it goes to this amulet and then it goes to the scene. You have no idea what the fuck is going on and then it goes back to him and being in the cockpit and he's shaking his head. All these kind of things along with the, the music choices and the, and the, and, you know, the composer is, obviously freaking legendary he did all you know the best stuff that's been done he did chrono trigger and a lot of that actually kind of overlays you can tell um a lot that far away promise was you know heavily heavily influenced from chrono trigger soundtrack um when you get into all these kind of little things, that stuff is what makes this game so awesome. Yeah. Just the the idea, you know, the sweeping camera angles and the action shots and the great way they drive home what a... I mean, you look at a character 
And there's there's also the little hidden things. Spoilers for Xenogears. When you look at Sigurd and you look at Bart, you would not... Even though they look very similar, you probably wouldn't guess that they're actually brothers. Mm Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't dawn on you to ask that question. Their hair is a different color. They look, you know, just different enough. Their color schemes are completely different. Mm-hmm. So you notice that they're they look like a palette swap of one another to an to an extent. Um, but even down to the eye patch, little things like that that are hidden in the art. Uh, the fact that, I mean, we're not going to talk about Chew because Chew is an abomination. But, <laughs> um, <clears throat> down to the way that, uh, Esmeralda, her entire character, for one, she gets two character sprites, depending on whether or not you complete her side quests or not. But, they're beautifully drawn, beautifully animated. Uh, scenes of her fighting. She, she's the one she's made completely out of nano machines, and she fights and she hits somebody, and her hair turns into a hammer and slams into the enemy, and then you know she'll jump up and like turn her stuff into a blade and slice them, and all these other little cool things. <clears throat> and then they did it all over again. Every single little bit of that, every bit of the animation in this game has punch to it. Um, when Faye hits somebody, you know, you get this flash of light, this impact yeah. sound, you get oh, to wow. see the enemy oh, recoil when they hit. It just feel, you feel like you're really doing a lot of damage. Yeah. There is definite impact in the fights yeah. in this game. And uh, when you definite sense of power and, and movement and kineticism, uh, probably another fucking made up word, yeah. but when, when he punches somebody, you feel an impact. You feel, you I know, you're that. like, man, I just knocked the shit out of this dude. And even his last death blow, where he doesn't physically touch them, you can feel the power just emanating. You, mm-hmm. you get what they were going for. They were like, his key is just at this point now. You know, to where he can just one shot a dragon on foot. You know, he's like, ah, boom. The spells do not have that impact. Not even a little bit. The ones on foot that Ellie casts are beautiful. They don't do shit for damage. <laughs> Adam, I gotta ask you. Yeah. Right now, who would win? Faye or Rowdy Roddy Piper? <laughs> Does Rowdy the Roddy Piper that, have a steel no. chair? Uh, you know what? Just, just for sake of balancing things, we're gonna go ahead and say yeah. Okay. Faye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take that. The fact that you took just a couple seconds to think about it, I th- I'm going to chalk that up for a solid win for Rowdy. Rowdy Wright Piper has got uh, plot armor. It's he just does. not thick enough. <laughs> he does. His charisma is up there, I'll give you that. That's right. He would have the people chanting his name as he was slowly liquefied by fate. I mean... <laughs> I would like to see a physical fight between those two, but I don't think it would be as long as the one in They Live. I don't, I don't think, think you it would, would the same way. because <laughs> it would be very gory. 
<laughs> one-sidedly Roddy, horror Roddy movie style like, gore. Roddy would be like, look, I don't want to fight you. And Faye would go, no, you don't want to fight me. He's like, you, we'll find out who's tougher at SummerSlam. <laughs> and then they stomp <laughs> off to their other corners. Like they're not going to go fight backstage or something. Mm. Faye like drops the microphone. His theme music plays as he walks out. Smaller two so pieces. The big point, the big point that I'm trying to get across to the audience, because I know you know this. I just I like I like it out there in the in the airways for people to understand. When Adam says he still loves this game, it's not just nostalgia. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not just this is one of those games in his eyes, and one that can be attested to because of Square Sauce old ways. They could make some fucking gems. They I challenge could either out of something you where you could go, oh, what's this game about? Oh, though they're making a first-person shooter. I mean, a a, a, a shmup almost. Eh, I don't think so. You might want to try it. I, cha- I challenge either of you two to go back through this game and just, even without the story, just not have a good time. Yeah, I, I, I honestly still want to do that. I'm going to do that. I told you I'm going to play through that game eventually. I, I do plan to. My counter to you is, let me ask you another question. Did you, if remind me, because it's been a while, in Xenogears, the, the, the overworld and the towns and all that, that was all in 3D, correct? Uh, yes. And your character's was sprites correct correct did you like that i loved it uh no you will it the when you get into some sections there are 3d elements yeah uh there are very obvious like most of it is very well done enough to where it looks uh how do i say this it looks That it's not jarringly different, you know. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't always completely and utterly stand out that you're sprite standing on a 3D space. Right, right, right. The art style is done in such a way that it meshes very well. There are parts where it gets polygony because it's PS1. It, it's okay. The only reason why I even brought this up is to say that if you like this and this is not a deal for you or you enjoyed it, whatever, you like the, the, the difference between the two, the contrast, whatever, you'll like Breath of Fire 3 because that's exactly what Breath of Fire 3 is. The mm-hmm. world is 3D, but the artwork is sprites. The artwork for the characters, the artwork for the enemies, the bosses, all that. And they are beautifully done through look and through the actual physical I remember chopping that animations. wood. It was so good. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, Xenogears still gets a good plus for you, man. It's still good to hear. Yeah, music is still hear. great. Gameplay is still great. Graphics are great. Direction is great. Story is awesome, if you can figure it out. You just gotta muscle through it a couple times, bro. If you, I mean, if you go into it knowing that you gotta fucking pay attention, then you're gold. You're golden. Chris, have you yeah, ever played aside, this? Yeah, you have. What was your What was your impressions of Xenogear? Um, honestly, as long so long ago, I don't remember a whole lot about it. Uh, it's on my list of games to go back and play again to get a fresh. Uh, fresh feeling of and actually play it in a 
at an age where I'll understand more. Yeah, that's a, that's another challenge for me going back through it is like, okay, I could make the concession and possibly with some understanding from audiences or other gamers that, okay, I played Xenogears when I was like 15, 16, 17. I took more of the graphics and the look and the fact that it was fighting in mechs and the, and the decent uh, combat stuff. Then I did the story. I just flat out was fucking. Blah, 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 blah. I don't get this fucking story. Okay, well it's it's for me as well. Close to two decades after the fact. I want to see now if if can I understand it? Can I get through it and go? Yeah, okay, a little rough, but I got it. Or if I'm just like, man, fuck this. This was just. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Well, if you ever go back through it and you need something explained, I got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, that then that goes for the audience as well. This is a, this is a really yep, good. Topic just give me a call. Here. Here's my phone number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you want to get into a discussion with Adam, I, I I will go this extent that he has sat down with me on a couple of occasions and said, "All right, man, let me tell you the story of Xeno Gears." And an hour later, I was like, ah, "I kind of got it." And then later on, he did it again. He knows this game. So if you, audience, have questions, comments, concerns, or you want to talk about this game, I'm telling you, between us three, Adam is your go-to. He's your, he's your POC for this. Uh, what else did you do this week, Adam, or was it just Xeno Gears? Oh, no, it was just wrapping up Xeno Gears. Uh, mostly, I uh, picked up another anime, because that's what I do now. So I got started on uh, binge-watching Seven Deadly Sins. I'd read the manga a little bit. Now I'm getting to see the anime adaptation and see what they did different, what they did the same, etc. Um, mm-hmm. Still going back, still watching my weeklies, you know. Uh, I'm glad to say that there hasn't been any other uh, controversial stuff to pop up in my freaking anime or my video games this week. That's nice. I love not having to think about bullshit while I'm trying to enjoy my entertainment. Um, Right. So, between that and, uh, oh, man. One of the things I did not talk about that I did, and it wasn't this week, but uh, I picked up Pathfinder Kingmaker. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, let Coming from a uh, D&D background, I knew what I was getting into with Pathfinder. I knew they made some some alterations to 3.5, and I knew, uh, I knew that I would like this game as long as it was essentially 3.5 sto- or system meshed with the Baldur's Gate style game. You got me. I'm in. I'm hooked. Let's do this. So, I've been watching this game for a while. Oh, my fucking God. Where do I begin? They, f- I don't know where it's at right now. I stopped. Uh, I got it at release. And about two, maybe two weeks after release, I finally put it down and I'm going to let it patch itself back into playability. (laughs) Yeah. um, 
there were multiple things I had that were good and bad to say about this game. Uh, but the biggest negative I can give for it is it is game-breakingly bugged to fuck. Wow. Yeah. They should have left this bitch in the oven for a little while. Um, <laughs> it, it was so bad. They had a, a live streamer with 60 hours of gameplay in like one of the final chapters. His shit corrupted and he could no longer play. Had to start oh, over. No. Game breaking oh, bug. No. Uh, quests that don't finish. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, there are spells that don't work. Or there were at the time that I stopped. Now I stopped two weeks after release. I know they've been patching it. They've been pat, they were really good about that. They patched it in that two weeks. They patched it ten times. Wow. But. God damn. Really? Did you really have to release it if it was that bad off? That you were going to release ten patches every two weeks? Uh, and these weren't small patches either. Some of these were huge. So if you go if you go to their Steam page and just look at the patch notes, guarantee you're going to be scrolling for a little while. Um, <laughs> so that aside, the bugs aside, the broken things that aren't working as intended aside, one of the major gripes I had was their difficulty settings. And I know a lot of other people had this uh, same argument. Now, most people think, uh, well, I'll put it on normal difficulty. That's the medium difficulty of the game, right? Well, not necessarily when you're playing a game that is tabletop based. And this game had a robust series of options for difficulty. You could adjust the crit multiplier. You could adjust the enemy statistics. You could adjust the num the... Uh, there were two different sliders for their enemy statistics. Uh, you could turn on or off things like uh, ability damage needing to be restored via uh, special spells and situations. Or you could have it you know, be fixed at camp. Stuff like that. Oh my god. I set it. I set the entire... I spent probably... Four hours getting the difficulty back to uh, net zero after I figured out that it was off. Because the first thing I did was click normal and then anything that wasn't par. Anything where it was like, ah, we're going to make the enemy somewhat weaker. We're going to give you a one point or a 1.2 crit multiplier. I was like, bump that back down to one. Let's make the enemies normal. This normal, this normal, this thing. Because I thought, okay, normal must mean the tabletop rules. Right? Isn't that, is that mm-hmm. not a reasonable assumption to make? Uh, sounds the, solid to If me. the game is supposed to be based off the tabletop. No. Four hours worth of tweaking later, I finally got it to where the level one kobolds didn't have like a plus seven to hit. <laughs> and uh, it was like, Jesus Christ. I'd roll out there and these little uh, kobolds would be like, hey, I heard you weren't like born with godlike stats. Sucks for you, buddy. I know you're in full plate mail, but uh, I hit you on a three. You hit me on a 20. Wow. So, uh, 
People say get good and that you need to learn to min-max your character. I have got a lot of experience min-maxing characters, and I did it. And Mm -hmm. I got my base attack bonus up as high as it could possibly go. I was like, let me, you know, combine feats and make, you know, broken combinations as much as I can to see how far I can push this. And I was able to make one, my player character, okay at combat. The rest of the party, however, the party is not min-maxed. Oh, no. Wow. So, uh, the people they give you to just join you on your quest, I, I guess you were thinking you were going to go alone, because uh, you don't get to adjust their shit. Not until you get them in your party. So, you know, uh, the people you start with is okay. The people you get later on in the quest, they're screwed. Unless you go back and re-roll them. Hmm. It's just... That kind of stuff. That's what made me go back and fine-tune the difficulty. And I had to, you know... I I was two hours in when I discovered it. I went back over the next two hours starting and restarting the game. Starting and restarting the game. Until I got everything back to zero. To where I wasn't getting any unnecessary bonuses to buff me. And the enemies weren't being buffed or debuffed. Uh, why was it? Why isn't that just the standard? That is what I would say. So that was my number one gripe about the game. Um, playing D and D is one of the things that I like. Playing Baldur's Gate style D and D games is another one of those things that I really love to do. But I can't get into it. Not right with that and the bugs. I had to put it down and I said I will come back to it in six months and see if they've patched it up to an acceptable level. So right now, I have it on my computer. It's downloaded. I could click play. It's still being updated. But every time I get back on Steam, it seems like every other day, that son of a bitch is getting patched. Yeah. Uh, Let it be. That was almost as big of a disappointment as hearing about Red Dead being shit. <laughs> so I look at it and the company that actually made Baldur's Gate Obsidian has made Pillars of Eternity which has nothing to do with D&D and they've made two great games based on that and I loved both of them that was another thing is Pillars kind of spoiled us with some quality of life improvements for the genre like the mm-hmm. ability to speed up time when you're in or out of combat, you can speed, slow down co- time in combat and speed up time outside of combat so that your characters would move around town at a reasonable pace. So if you need to walk across this long ass map, it takes you 10 seconds to do it instead of 40. Mm. Anna? Yeah, nah. They didn't put anything in there like that. Nor did they make it to where you, you have to auto pause. You can't do a slower-paced combat. You have to auto-pause and then manually give everybody their thing. And the character AI scripts are pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, I I can poke holes in this game. It it sounds like I hate it. I don't hate it. I'm waiting to see if they fix it. Yeah. I'm shitting on it because it deserved to be shit on. This stuff needs to be pointed out. But at the same time, this is the first game from this company... I want them to make more. That's why I paid them. Um, 
but if you're thinking about getting it, I recommend you take a look at the Steam reviews and not the initial ones, but the most recent ones for whenever you're listening to this or whenever you're considering the game and see how they fared through the patches. I'll tell you that Solid advice. it does have the D&D style of, uh, yeah, you fucked up and made a really bad decision. Here's your energy drain trap. Uh, you know, DC 40 something. Sorry, you can't make that with a 20. <laughs> and, uh, so it's a uh, it's good old fashioned fuckery love it or hate it if you like Baldur's Gate you'll probably like that if they patch it to where it's not just a horrible mess cool gotcha so anything else for the week hmm hmm no I think that's about it <laughs> all right all right so on to today's uh, topic yeah <laughs> <laughs> you thought uh, this was only, <laughs> you yeah, didn't think I this was going to be a six-hour podcast today but oh, it is. i like it oh i like it i like it. genuinely i mean it when i say it i love the episodes where we do come on and we have a topic ready but we just shoot the shit because it's part of what this is about. It's part of what it's about when we reach out to the audience and they reach back to us. It's just talking. Like, y'all don't even have to pick anything to talk about specifically. If it's just, man, you know what? My so, A co-worker of mine brought up uh, fucking road rash today, and it made me think about some memories. I mean, that's, that's all it says. You don't have to look at a topic. And I don't feel we ever really need a topic. We just have one just in case. Uh, there was one last thing I wanted to bring up before we close out tonight. Uh, it was something I was thinking about in my week. It was actually something last week too, possibly, but, uh, did we had a steam sale recently come and go it was pretty quick. I think it was only a few days. It was around Halloween time. Wasn't it, it was like six days, seven days, maybe even less than that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I think I purchased about maybe 10 games off of the 70 or 80 I have on my wish list. And I haven't played any of those, of course. Uh, and I don't think there were any, I'd have to actually go through my Steam list and look and see if there were any like hot ones where it's like, oh man, I got, I got this awesome deal or awesome game. And I don't think it were. I feel like this quick sale. Uh, especially with some of the prices that I saw. And again, it's all subjective, folks. It's all subjective. It all depends on what you have on your list. Uh, I, I pretty much just added some more games to my list. It wasn't like, oh man, this game is going on sale. I've got to get it. Uh, some Danganronpa games I've been wanting to get, but they weren't super on sale. I just think those were like the most expensive. Uh, were there any games that you guys picked up from this last Steam sale that were hot to trot, or did you get any games at all, or was it just a blow-by for you? Uh, this um, one was a blow-by for me. Yeah. The only one I grabbed, and it wasn't really... Well, I guess I grabbed a few things. I don't even think they were part of that sale, actually. But I recently bought... Uh, the Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Adam or someone else had recommended that game at some point to me. Uh, so I grabbed that while I was on sale. I got the email for it. Um, I picked up Shadow Warrior 2. 
Um, no real reason why, just it was on sale. Yeah. Uh, but Ark released their new DLC this week, so their entire game and the existing uh-huh. DLCs are all on sale, so I grabbed nice. that as well. Um, it's been on my radar for a bit. Um, yeah. Might finally get around to playing it. You talking about Ark the Lad? No, no Ark. Uh, like dinosaur a, game. Yeah. Ah. Are you going to yeah. do like you did on the last one and like take pictures of people getting eaten? And... <laughs> I what was no that, Jura- what was that Jurassic Park game? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Totally different type of game. Are you kept like the the herbivores in there with the carnivores. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's an open world game, so I might take a bit of a break after I finish Red Dead. God, I have Fallout, another open world game coming up after that, so I'm eventually yep. gonna have to take a break from open world games. <laughs> Play something else. At Find some, point. some closed world games. Oh yeah. man. So much yeah. stuff. My Steam sale as well, man. Like I said, I've I, it's it's there isn't there are like two or three games in my wish list right now that are like hot items. Like I man, I want to get those, but I want to I want to wait till they're like really on sale. This last one for me, number one, with it being so quick, I'm not saying that Steam sales are or have to be like four weeks long, but it just felt like it was a. Like, I think I caught it day two, and it only had, like, two or three days left. And that, and I just I just, just bought a few. I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm willing to spend, like, 20 bucks. Let me just scroll down the list and click, click, click. Okay, I got 20 bucks spent. Move on with life. And even if I did have something, I mean, it had to be, like, if it was uh, Sekiro. If Sekiro dropped, which, of course, it's not. I know when it's coming out. But if that was one, I would probably put persona on hold for a bit but i'm in persona 5 right now so no matter what i bought it was just going to (laughs) be in its own little log so yeah uh what about you folks what uh did you by chance take advantage of anything in the 2018 steam sale i realize that's a small topic uh, anything Persona 5, Red Dead Redemption 2, or Xenogears that uh, you'd like to discuss? Anything about being old and being a gamer? <laughs> However way you shape that in your mind. Anything gamer-related, anime-related, comics, whatever you want to talk about. We'd love to hear feedback from you. We'd love to get a discussion going with you. And there are many ways that you can make that happen. We have a Facebook page. You can go to search uh, Facebook and search for End of Time Cast. It should take you right to our page. And it may be how you found this episode right here. We have an email. You can send us emails at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny uh, numbers in there or spelling. It just spelled the way you heard it. We have a Twitter page still. You can tweet us, retweet us. There's just a few ways. Uh, Mind you, in the future, sometime when I get off my lazy ass, we're going to have this on other platforms as well. There's, God, there's got to be like 400 different podcast platforms. Of course, there's YouTube. There's many other places to get a hold of us. And every time we open up another one of those, it's not only a new place for you to get the podcast, it's also a new way for you to contact us. But even in this infancy of this podcast right now, there's at least three ways you get a hold of us. And we'd love for you to 
We genuinely would love to get in uh, conversations, debates, discussions, whatever. Feedback from our audience is great. And just, just talking and just shooting the shit about video games with fellow gamers is always a treat. It always is. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Adam, thanks again for joining us, man. Hopefully, hopefully you can get some more in, man. It's always good to have you on. That's right. I've graced you with my presence twice in a row now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's going to do it for tonight, folks. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm the best. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, just...